0: Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. It's great playing for Coach Harbaugh. Just his enthusiasm,
1: his presence, his IQ for the game, his love for the game. Uh, He's a player's coach, um, someone that loves his players, someone that gets you ready, you know, for any type of situation that may go on in that game so you're prepared. Um, He's he's just a, a great human being. You know, he he does a lot of things off the field. You know, he's just a kind and generous man. And, uh, you know, I've enjoyed uh, playing for Coach Harbaugh my four years. I've literally loved it. So a lot of people may say negative things about Coach, but uh, I, I love Coach.
0: Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Let's see if you've been following along, Hunter Hughes. Who's got it better than us? Michigan. <sighs> he hasn't been following along. No. Post-game presser from the oh. Rose Bowl game. Who's got it better than us? <laughs> Just say it. Nobody.
2: Nobody. Nobody's uh, got it better than us. There yeah. we go. That's, that's Happy
0: New Year. <laughs> that's the Jim Harbaugh line. Nobody's that's, got it better than us. That's why I was testing you to see if you'd heard it. And who's got it better than us? And he had the crowd around him say what well, he did. Nobody. Because everybody's been kind of asking about his, uh, you know, his status and what's next with him. Well, he's got the, uh, to him at least, he's got the best job in the world right now.
2: I can think of a few places that have better winters than Ann Arbor, Michigan, though.
0: I could think of a few as well. Yeah. I think I'm standing in one right now.
2: Well, I think we're sitting in one.
0: Good point. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hunter's back, by the way. Um, And Josh is back, too. Oh, I was was back yesterday. Oh, that's true. I've I've been back.
2: Okay. Um, But... That was a different show yesterday. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, Blake Corum. That's the sound you heard earlier. Is uh, star running back Blake Corum from Michigan talking about how uh, he and his team, you know, love Jim Harbaugh, and that's kind of been the theme, right? I mean, everybody's going to focus in on on the sign stealing uh, stealing stuff, and you'll hear JJ McCarthy audio on that a little bit later on. And uh, you still have people talking about whether uh, Michigan should be vacated of the national championship if, if they win it. Uh, I mean, there, there are so many things. But throughout all of it, um, there has been one constant, and that is whether he's guilty or not, this team has gone all in on Jim Harbaugh. And, and I wonder, Hunter, um, well, I, I shouldn't say I wonder. I got to give Jim Harbaugh a lot of credit. I mean, he, he coached only half the year. But he has found a way to galvanize his team to get the most out of them, even with all of the controversies surrounding him, that he it has made him in that circle more likable, and it's made his team better. I mean, I, I'm willing to believe Jim Harbaugh should get massive credit uh, for his team getting to the national championship game.
2: I mean, uh, aside from his ability as a coach, I think if you read between the lines right here, He's well-liked by people, Mm -hmm. players, support staff, assistant coaches, if they're willing to, and the greater University of Michigan family, for that matter, too, for them to kind of ride this rodeo horse through this fall, it speaks to the kind of a guy he is. Um, I mean... Regardless, I mean, you y- you know this. I it's the only metaphor that I have. But r- regardless of what Rolo ever does from here on out, I have my memory of him as my coach, and him giving me my scholarship mm-hmm. and the way that he treated all of us, especially us walk-ons, like night and day from whenever we we were playing under Chow. And so I, I bring that up because you y- you could maybe not win football games, but be a really great person, and your players, your staff will still run through a brick wall for you. And I think, in some aspects, that's what's happening at Michigan.
0: You know, this is why all of the stuff surrounding whether he may ga- may go pro after this. Um, you know, he was asked a question in the presser after the game: um, Is he coaching his final game? And he said, "You know what? Uh, the only thing I know right now is I'm taking a trip to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, <laughs> you know, he's he's gone all in on that." And, you know, credit to him for that. But this is why I kind of don't like the idea of him going to the NFL, regardless of whether Jim Harbaugh is guilty of all of these things and faces a, a, an actual NCA suspension and their show-cause penalties against Michigan and all that stuff, is that you take that likability and you take the polarization because everybody else hates him. Um, just ask other coaches in the conference. I, I read a story uh, earlier today that showed that prior to the uh, the Rose Bowl game uh, all the coaches that played against his team all of them picked Alabama to beat Michigan whoa yeah it, it's it, he's a polarizing guy loved by his team Michigan
2: Lo- wasn't stoked on it either <laughs> true you remember when they unveiled that and there was kind of groans in the the the, the watching room mm-hmm. so
0: I I don't think they were alone in that that's a good point um but you know it's Loved in his community, hated by the purists. Yeah. That's kind of good for the sport, though, isn't it? I mean, you don't have a lot of polarizing figures unless you're, like, a really, really good coach. And the fact that he can drive that out of his players, I don't hear Michigan in Transfer Portal. I, I hear a lot of other schools in Transfer Portal. Yep. I don't hear that with Michigan. The Dabo
2: Sweeney nice guy character mm-hmm. only works as long as you're winning. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's true, and we're watching it with Colorado right now. There's no such thing as bad pub, right? Where it, regardless on the fire that Dion starts, how big that that thing rages, they get they get it on camera, and players want to go and be a part of that carnage. Yeah, and I that think Netflix doc right totally, and I think in some ways. Michigan is kind of capitalizing off of this right now. Oh, and by the way, they're about to play for a national championship. Right. That's nuts. Yeah. Something you mentioned about, you know, mm -hmm. the the surrounding question on if he is headed to the NFL or not. I personally don't think that's a vertical move. Okay. He's already done that. Mm -hmm. He's already gone from Stanford, killed it out there, and then went up and got a shot at, at the NFL. You're playing, you get to coach at your alma mater. You're widely loved. If all of this, if there, there's a chance that it could get squashed, wh- why would you want to be anywhere else? To, to me, I, I, there are some things, and I, I mentioned it yesterday on uh, whenever I filled in for Kanoa on, um, on Let's Talk Sports. There are some things about college football that are twice as special as the NFL like that Rose Bowl game, that was special. Mm-hmm. The pageantry, the tradition, the, the, there there are some things that the NFL, in all of their progress and all of their trying to do for the game, that they just can't accomplish because of the classicness of college football. So I, I they're going to have to learn to adapt and kind of play the game a little bit differently because whether they like it or not, they're going to have a microscope, but I don't know if that's a vertical step for him.
0: I think the only reason why, why it would happen is, A, if Jim Harbaugh knows something big is coming and he's guilty, and it's a way to get out of the game and still coach. Um, Similar to Pete Carroll jumping away from SC and jumping right. up to Seattle. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know, or, the, or the other reason is, is B, um, he feels like he could do more in the NFL. I mean, the San Francisco gig with the Niners uh, was kind of abrupt. And, you know, part of it, it wasn't as he – wa- he wasn't as beloved in San Francisco as he is in Michigan. And he coached some good teams. I mean, it it felt like it was very abrupt getting him out of there. I think with him in the front office, it wasn't always that great. Um, so it's like, hey, can I, can I actually have the time – to build a roster and work with the front office and and get back to a Super Bowl and have the years to do it. I mean, he's only what he's 60 I think he is. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got he's got years left to do. He's he's 60 and he doesn't look a day over 47, which is also pretty cool. That's I mean, that's the only reason why I would think an NFL job um would be interesting. Oh, and why he's kind of, you know, tied to the Chargers. Hey, get to work with Justin Herbert. Hmm. Um you no, know, and that's and that's kind of neat, but it's not like the Chargers will be a Super Bowl contender anytime soon. So, I mean, I, I like the idea of staying at Michigan. I like the idea of staying uh, of him staying in college as long as he has truly done nothing wrong and doesn't hurt a school over it. Um, the one thing I think we do know, Connor
2: Stallings was at the uh... the Rose Bowl because <laughs> he was.
0: Uh, he was. People are making too big of a deal over that, by the way. I,
2: I'm not one to make a big deal out of it. No, but I know. The, uh, the Stallions saga continues.
0: Yeah. Um, he
2: was in attendance, and tell me he wasn't trying to pick up signs.
0: For fun. That's right. <laughs> it's ingrained in what you do. Hey, I'll still get my signs. It's just for uh, my diary. Uh, you know scallions with stallions no, that doesn't that doesn't really work. Uh, but yeah, he was there and everybody just kind of like blew up over it. Hey Connor stallions has gone all in. Well what what do you think? He was part of that program and was devoted to that program. You don't think he would just like not show up at the Rose Bowl game because it's his team. right. I, you know as as long as he wasn't in disguise in the Michigan sideline or something, like Bobby Valentine after being ejected from a Mets game and showing up in the dugout in a mustache. Yeah, um, you know, as long as that didn't happen, you know, fine, whatever. But on a scale of one to ten, Michigan success—how much uh, on that scale is uh, do you think directly related to Harbaugh? Because I'm going, I'm, I don't, I don't want to discount talent, um, but I'm going seven out of ten there. Hmm. So it's it. That's a you're you're asking the success of this season. Yeah. How much is how much of it do you do you relate to Harbaugh? How much of it do you give credit to talent? Um, you know where, I put where way
2: I put way more emphasis on talent. Okay. That defense right now. Oh my goodness! You could put them out there and they could stop at anybody. And outside of when they played Penn State and when they played Ohio State. Who did they see mm-hmm. all season where but even when the self-imposed suspension was put on him earlier in the season, there was never a doubt in any of our minds that they were still going to end up four five and oh, you know. Um, so th- th- there is something I believe I agree with you, we, especially whenever they had that um, that Offensive coordinator, uh, interim head coach—you know—jump in there for a couple yeah. of games. Who called a hell of a game, by the way? On super Monday. good, super good. Um, after the game, he was in tears and credited credited Harbaugh and said, "We miss you, coach." Um, said a couple other choice words. You could tell he's not used <laughs> to having the, the mic in his face, but uh, on
0: live network television,
2: we've—I uh, I can't say we've all been there, but some have. Rich Miano has. <laughs> Shout out to Coach Rich. Um
0: <laughs> he knows it too. Yeah.
2: Um with that being said, and all of the players immediately just that I don't know if it's so much that they're giving him credit or it's an us versus everyone mentality. They're they're kind of blocking out the world and saying, we're a family, he's our leader, and we're with him till the very end, even if he is guilty. Right. Um so if you get a collective group of people sold on something, it's a powerful thing. Powerful thing. Um, so I, I, I'd probably give it like a six. I'm not okay. quite going high as seven because okay. uh, that, that team is good. Yeah. And that offense relies much more on a ground and running attack than it does J.J. McCarthy's arm, even though Harbaugh and the rest of media want to say it's on his coattails. It's not true. So with that, a good running offense, a good defense, you're going to go far.
0: By the way, um, that offensive uh, uh, offensive coordinator you were mentioning, yeah. Sharon Moore.
2: Uh, Sharon Moore, uh, you know, thank
0: you. You know what uh, he wouldn't have done at the end of that Michigan-Alabama game? Hmm. Um, call an RPO on the last play of the game. Yeah, he, he called one heck of a game, and Alabama's OC didn't. I've got, a, I've got a take on that, actually. Oh, do you? I do. You know what? Save that take 90 seconds from right now Perfect. because I want to hear your take that we had no plans for uh, coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu is brought to you by H-Camp, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, helping parents, students, and coaches learn about potential signs of a concussion. Visit HawaiiConcussion.com. We're going off script with hot takes. It's Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. All right. I said 90 seconds. I think I was there, give or take about five. Uh, We were talking about Sharon Moore, the uh, offensive coordinator in Michigan, who would not have done what Tommy Reese did uh, Hmm. at the end of that Michigan, Alabama game, call an RPO Hmm. when you have a center who can't snap the ball properly, uh, who, by the way, entered the portal. Um, you, You wouldn't have gotten that. You apparently have a hot take on this that I didn't realize you did. What is it? I went
2: back and I watched that play in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a screen pass to the outside. Oh, really? Yep. And if you watch it, they had uh, Michigan had man-to-man, and so Alabama had two receivers for two corners on the outside, and then there was a linebacker who had man-to-man on the running back who had a phenomenal game, by the way. Yes, he did. Um he was a sophomore, too. Yep. He was swinging out to the outside, and it looked like Milrow was supposed to read – that, that flat defender, that linebacker, and that running back had leverage. The ball was supposed to go to him. And so they would have had two guys blocked in the outside, and it would have been one-on-one, that running back on that linebacker, probably right at the goal line. But it was a bad snap, and Millworld had to make do with what he had.
0: It's amazing. you know. Two things on that. Um, you know, One, for all that we've talked talk about, how good uh, Nick Saban's teams are, How disciplined? How talented? Um, It's the one year where we look at maybe you're 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 looking like on a on a big microscope here, but it's like man, um, his teams can't get a snap together. Like early in the year, that was one of the big things, right? Mm -hmm. Why can't they snap the ball cleanly? And then here in the in the uh, national semifinal, why can't they snap the ball cleanly? Um, It's it's it was kind of
2: sloppy uh, across the board. Yeah, Uh, Michigan had. Um, a Bosch punt. Uh, they had a bad snap on an extra point. That's right. Um, they had a missed field goal later. JJ uh, McCarthy, who apparently is the the best quarterback in Michigan history, more on that in a moment, threw the worst pick of maybe the entire college football season, and it got reversed. First play from scrimmage. I mean, horrendous. Yeah, and they they caught a miracle but like i've never seen one before <laughs> that's what they should be calling that the miracle in the rose bowl that that wasn't a pick mm-hmm. um but uh just it was uh, it, it felt like a good old fashioned football game yes yes M- uh, much more on the ground too
0: secondly yeah. on that by the way um since you're saying it looked like it was going to be a screen pass on fourth down yeah i, I to me that's still a bad play call Mm. I mean, it's 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 fourth down and you're kind of relying on you're relying on perfect blocking from receivers, uh, which
2: is never a
0: high percentage play. Exactly. Um, You're relying on a running back to catch the ball, which isn't always a gimme. Um, You're relying on so much. On a play that determines your season, uh, your chance to win a championship—that it was just—it's it, stunning that you didn't have. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I just wouldn't have called a screen or an RPO or, or anything. I'm looking at the end zone, and I'm I'm challenging someone to go up and get it in a far right pylon or something that's going to force pass interference to get the ball down to the one. Pick, I, pick I play. Oh, okay. I just hope it doesn't get caught. Yep. Yeah,
2: hope that it doesn't get called mm-hmm. uh, the, the same way that Clemson ran one and then Hunter Renfro caught that one, the mm-hmm. national championship. And then Notre Dame did the same thing, only they got called for it. Right. Um, yeah, to me, when you're fourth and one on the goal line, you need you need a call. Pick plays is usually pretty good unless you have just a dude on the outside that you can let him jump up and try to
0: catch something. But even that is a low percentage play. Right. So, mm, tricky. Um, you had mentioned it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. Hunter Hughes, Josh Pacheco coming up. Uh, women's basketball tickets for tomorrow night, uh, Women in Business Night at uh, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. But you were mentioning, you kind of teased a little bit. Jim Harbaugh said in his press conference, J.J. McCarthy, best quarterback in Michigan history. And you, being a quarterback, immediately said, Cap. I'm saying that because I can't use the other word that what cap means, but cap, right? Cap. You, you, you you disagreed with that completely. I did. You know,
2: he's, um, he's good, but that to me seems more, more like internal recruiting because let's not forget, he's got one more season. Mm -hmm. It's not, hundred percent certain if he's going to be going to the NFL or not this next season. Um, that, and that's a conversation for later in the show too. But, um, I mean, he was 17 for 27. He had just over 200 yards and he had three touchdowns. The, the big thing is he had no picks in a pressure filled big time game. That's the, the most glaring stat is if you don't turn the ball over, but, if you watch this Michigan team, which I, I have the last couple of seasons because mm-hmm. there's been so much hype over the game between them and Ohio State, it's not like he's throwing for an arm and a leg against these guys. I mean, Corum. is fantastic. Corum is way more their MVP than he is on this particular team. And, again, I, I grew up in, uh, in Chicago outside of – uh, Notre Dame, you are either a Michigan fan or Ohio State. Uh, occasionally people support U of I, but yeah, I those that don't know, U of I, uh, Illinois, being in Illinois. Thank just, you. I know it's not a big um, power on the
0: football stage.
2: Th- that's right. And like I I did a little bit of extra research. I mean, if you're going to make a call like that, you're going over Brady, you're going over Chad Henney, who has all time TDs and yards. I forgot about Chad. Yeah, for for Michigan, um, Benny Friedman, who for the entire nineteenth century up until Henny had everything. Okay, he he's from like the
0: twenties. Okay, um, uh, the, so the early the early tw- the okay. early twentieth century. That's right. Um, the nineteen twenties. Uh, excuse I, me. What a time to be alive. That's right, baby. Um, Anybody watched Benny Friedman out there? Just the, curious. the the
2: the the last one I know you you remember this guy Denard Robinson. I do. You remember him? I do
0: remember him. Wouldn't ben even Hart tie his Robinson. shoes.
2: <laughs> that guy was fun to watch. I might take any of those guys. Well, you know what? I, to J.J. Uh, McCarthy's defense, I'm probably not taking Friedman over him. So he he's in the conversation. Yeah. We
0: can't speak to Benny Friedman. Yeah.
2: I mean, you could. I don't know if he's going to talk back. <laughs>
0: um, I
2: just think that... You know, in the interest, we're still kind of in New Year talk. If there's one thing I would love for the sports media world and pop culture in general to leave back in 2023, how quickly we name goats.
0: Yeah, that should have been done a long time ago.
2: How quickly people name greatest of all time.
0: Yeah. That, Just settled down. Well, this one we blame on Harbaugh, not on us. Not, not we, too. we didn't do this one. Okay. We're, we're innocent. This best ever thing was not our doing. Um, by the way, Tom Brady did agree. He did agree with Jim Harbaugh that. Uh, well, Brady wasn't that good in college. Yes, that's that's very true. That
2: too. JJ probably has a better college career than Brady, but you know Chad Henne is probably one of the best there is from Michigan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Ugh,
2: it, it, if they go on and they win the Natty, then I think you could probably dub him. I, I you think, think so. Yeah, I mean, similar to like Florida, right? I think that they would consider. Spurrier to be one of the best QBs to ever come through Florida up until Tebow got there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and yeah. then
2: Tebow won a couple of natties with them, and then the rest was history.
0: I, I, I don't. Know. I, yeah, don't get me started on the Tebow thing because I guess I look at that a little bit differently too, just because I I feel like I would I would call him like a gimmick quarterback. Well, it, certainly a leader. Certainly a leader, yes, i would I would agree with that. Um uh, whether I'd put him on like a top quarterback list um, is a little bit different. Hey,, uh, great text here from the seven eight one. The reason Alabama couldn't snap the football is because it's fixed. Oh yeah.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: You can't have Alabama win eight titles before you give every opportunity for poor boy Michigan to sneak one in. Good for the Power 5 college football business.
2: Whoever texted that, do you really think that that student athlete, whoever was playing center, did that on purpose?
0: Hey, you know, you watch X-Files enough, you start believing that stuff. You really do. Uh, University of Hawaii football coaching news. Hey, Keep that. Uh, University of Hawaii fo- uh, football coaching news. We'll expand on something we talked about yesterday. That's next after Center. Hey, don't forget you can play pigskin picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. One final week in the NFL. I think we got postseason games too, but one final week in the NFL – a weekly prize plus the uh, $1,000 cash prize at the end of the year as well. It's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. Hunter, uh, you might be forgetting a quarterback on the uh, all time Michigan list. Ooh, okay. Uh, texter from the 347 says uh, Rick Leach. Okay, yep. I was thinking about him. Uh, Rick Leach, who uh, left handed and then chose to play professional baseball. Hmm. An Ann Arbor kid. He's a, a local a local boy, ended up playing uh, for the Detroit Tigers, Toronto Blue Jays, Texas Rangers, and San Francisco Giants. Heck of an arm. Yep. If you're doing that. Uh what he what was he was an outfielder heck of an arm, yet he was an outfielder and first baseman. Ooh. So heck of a hitter then. The, he only had eighteen career home runs. Ooh. <laughs> uh sorry very, very good
2: agent then do they have agents in the 70s whatever it was he found his way to a lot of teams
0: uh yeah you're not um,
2: getting past triple a if you're throwing those numbers out
0: well now now that, that's what not. i'm saying now it is off the bench here On ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, uh, Russ Mitchell, College Football News. uh, One of my longtime friends. uh, We'll look back at the uh, national semifinals. I want to get his preview on the uh, national championship game coming up in five days. Keeny McMillan, uh, Gatorade Player of the Year for football. And he's still got another year of high school football in front of him. Uh, We'll talk with him coming up in uh, about an hour. I'm excited about that. Oh, yeah. And um, we've got uh, a a golfer who's going to be making his collegiate commitment. Uh, In fact, he's doing it right now. Uh, But we're going to talk to him about 5.30 today. Um, Formerly from Hawaii, uh, now playing uh, high school golf in Utah. uh, Was named, like, the best high school boys golfer in the country uh, not that long ago. Uh, We're going to talk to uh, Kihei Akina coming up at 5.30 this afternoon. So... Um, a lot of stuff, kind of, kind of coming out from there. Uh, you were, uh, you were on Let's Talk Sports yesterday. By the way, how was that flying solo yesterday?
2: A little scary, and
0: not in your car. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Thank you. We, we, we won't get into that. I was going to um, say we should. Oh my no, goodness! I, no, I'm joking. If you want to, uh, I have no shame. Uh,
0: okay, let's do it then. Okay. Um, let's. Let. I. I was on vacation on this particular day. And uh so we had we had the bowl game uh, last Tuesday. And so I said, hey Hunter. The day after Christmas. Yeah, the day after Christmas. So I said, uh, Hunter, uh you know, you're you're solo for thirty minutes. You're you know, you've got the, the bowl game coming up. So I'm on vacation. I don't hear this until yesterday. I, I don't know what that says about my leadership here, that I don't find out things until the week after they happen. But Hunter, tell me where you were at three o'clock. When you had to host a show from three to three thirty. I was uh I was in my girlfriend's
2: car in Kailua. <laughs> we we did the whole show from from a uh a BMW I three from Kailua. We had just gotten out of the beach uh. out of the water. <laughs> um but, but you lit-
0: didn't say the fact that you didn't know until what time.
2: Uh well. I was prepared for the show. I, I want that to be okay, clear. Okay, yeah, that's true. I had just gotten back. I flew home at midnight on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And so there were
0: some delays with that, There right? were
2: some delays. I, I was grounded in Denver for like seven hours because um, there was a storm. But – um Day after Christmas, it, we're, we're all kind of in this eternal snooze mode through the holiday season, like the proper holiday season, like uh-huh. Christmas Eve through New Year's Day. It's like, what day is this? I'm full of cheese. Um, I don't know what's going on with my life. Um, I was definitely still in that mode and okay. our wonderful... Uh, producer in the other room Liz Stacy uh, gave me a call at 2:59, uh, and the show starts at 3. I misread the schedule. I thought that the show was going to be from 5:30 to 6. And um, well, didn't miss the show. We just did it. We did it remote.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, right out of the water. Right, right Literally, out of the water. Right out of the water. Right out of the water. That's, uh, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That's uh, these are the stories that I guess normally we shouldn't share on radio, but hey, we're all family, right? Why I mean, not? Go. I'm not ashamed. Yeah. I was in the moment. <laughs> I'm not now. <laughs> you know what? You find a way to get the job done. You do it. Uh, so that was your, really your first solo experience. And then you had the hour yesterday. And I was, it's, it's kind of weird because you were, you were filling in for Kanoa, um, who will be back tomorrow. And you know normally we're working together. So it's kind of weird when you're on the air and I'm like 15 feet down the hall. Yeah. Um, it was a weird experience for me mm. to, to hear you just kind of like killing it. It sounded okay. Oh, it sounded good. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I was, I was very proud. Wow. Thank
2: um,
0: you. and I was like, it was,
2: it was weird not having someone talk to me. Did it feel lonely? No, but the, you know this, I'm big on like off the cuff kind of humor stuff mm-hmm. yeah. and not having the, the bounce back laugh to affirm like that, that one was hitting. Mm-hmm. I'm just left with silence. Ooh, tough crowd, tough crowd. No one's no one's saying anything. So. That, can,
0: that can be hard in a room like this. That's
2: right. Um, and usually I look to, to the TV because we, we get to see Liz in the other room. And li- li- two separate times, I was all by myself. <laughs> L- li- Liz stepped out for something, and I really felt afraid. So, um not not to expose. Wow. I, couldn't even,
3: I couldn't even tell you what that was I could I don't even know I didn't yeah it was
2: it. I think you might have just thrown something away uh in our garbage <laughs> bin, which is in our hallway, but it was enough to give me a a proper frighten and i I was fully awake. let's just put it that way
0: welcome to uh to solo hosting. It's something I did for a long time um and I, and I ended up going solo that day, too, doing the afternoon show, since you did a show already. So, yeah, welcome. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Um,
2: but, but by the way, uh, for everyone listening, if I ever find myself in a solo show again, please call. I would love <laughs> to talk to someone.
0: Well, Paul that, called. I know. Yeah, it was I heard great. It the, I heard it in the other room. <laughs>
2: it, was, it was very agreeable. And uh, one of the milder Paul calls, I, I might say. It was well, good. That's, that's not happening again this week. <laughs> um,
0: Paul's off to a great 2024 you, you call. You get one uh, a week on those. History. One a week. <laughs> uh, it, is, uh, it is off the bench here on ESPN Honolulu. So because of that, there's a reason why I started the story arc there. Because when the University of Hawaii football coaching news came out, you weren't here. Mm. So it's, it's a way to kind of bring this back to what had kind of been brought out before 5 o'clock yesterday. Um, one, three coaches not retained, including a co-offensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator, and a safeties coach. Um, and two, the fact that the OC and DC positions are now being advertised uh, on the job boards, University of Hawaii job boards. Uh, which by the way I guess must be an exempt position because I thought there was a new law in the state that says um when you apply for a job the salary has to be clearly listed on the uh, on the job board uh, I didn't see it there so it must it must be like an exempt position where you can get away with that I don't know but you know, i I had my ability to talk about it yesterday and I still kind of have a few things that are on my mind but I wanted to get your reaction to it a little bit because I think a lot of people were waiting for a while um, because there was the expectation that coaching changes would happen. Yep. Um, and it kind of felt like there were some surprises and and, and not surprises. And I'm not going to name names with that. I, don't, I That's not the intention. But I think you kind of knew that there were going to be changes on both sides of the ball. The defensive side surprised me a little bit. Um just because i I would not have had Etienne on my list of guys that would not be retained from from last year's staff, I would not guess that
2: no, and uh to me as w- one of the lone people who can confidently say was at just about every practice mm-hmm. this this year uh coach etienne was uh not not only good in in his role but also um not necessarily outspoken uh just i guess uh he like, does his job he He's does there. his job and is in his part of the the wheel mm-hmm. like i would not have singled him out necessarily to say yep we got it. we got to get rid of this this piece if you will right where Again, I'm not. I'm not wanting to, you know, get into the nitty gritty of names or or anything like that. But there were some other things that weren't quite clicking with the overall vision of what Coach Timmy was trying to establish. And I think this is also a another great opportunity to remind people that we are still in the recovering stages of what happened two seasons ago. A lot of what we are observing right now with these coaching changes are left over from mm-hmm. some of the things that started with the whole Graham situation. Mm-hmm. Whenever that went down, um, the former athletic director brought in the offensive coordinator, Ian shoemaker. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was not a, a Timmy hire. And so I, I want that to okay yeah kind of be, be talked about a little bit because, um, this is now coming into the third season under the, the the Chang era and he's probably still wanting to build the staff out to be exactly the way that he wants it to look. And if college football was transient before, then it is a highway now. I mean, coaches change on the daily in yeah. college football. Let's not forget uh Steve Irvin, the the, the other coach that was added um that well uh, excuse me
0: was uh um he was brought on the staff was it was like late april or early may after uh, Abraham Elamimian was uh, no longer on the staff which is crazy that is so late for a college football calendar you've already
2: run through spring ball you've already got the majority of your re- of your recruits um secured for the year and you're basically asking somebody to come to fall camp with you without even knowing his name Right. So that that, that that is super late in the process. So th- that, that one's a little bit uh, more understandable for, for me, but uh, the, the, the other ones were a, a, a bit surprising, I
1: guess.
0: I, I guess when I look at the defensive side of the ball, I wasn't thinking we would see a defensive coordinator affected. I thought potentially position coaches, and I guess Irvin falls under that. I'm just surprised at the time. Well, it's not a good year for our defense. It's true. I just didn't think it would go as far as to a co-defensive coordinator. And again, mm-hmm. they're co. Um, same thing on the offensive side as you you mentioned, a co-offensive coordinator. Roman Sapolu being the other one is is still there. Um, and I think that leaves quite a bit of questions now on how you follow that. I, I will correct something that I said um, yesterday, I mean, I well, I, I half believe it, but then I also have kind of found other things that kind of correct what I believe on it. Um, I felt like it was kind of late for you know the the announcements to be made yesterday. Um, you know, applications will start being viewed on on January eighth, uh, per what's posted online. I'm reminded, uh, just going through social media today, other schools are making changes now too. Yep. North Carolina. Um, announced some staff changes. UCLA today uh, announced a new defensive coordinator, Ikaika Malloy, a Hawaii guy uh, who uh, was uh, a, a, an assistant on uh, on that UCLA staff promoted now to D.C. So there are changes being made even at, like, bigger programs. Yep. That's being done now. Um, I, st- I mean, I still personally believe you want to do it earlier. Um, you know, I don't know if it's because of contractual stuff, but – You know you kind of want to like seasons done just rip the band-aid off and then have the focus be on recruiting and finding the right people to kind of gel in almost immediately as you kind of plan your next level because what if some of these individuals were also trying to help get people for your roster in 2024 and are no longer there then it kind of opens a a little bit of can of worms on trying to keep those those student-athletes but yeah, I, I just kind of thought, even though it might not be technically late given what other schools are doing, um, that it still felt late to me and leaves potentially not a full cupboard of options uh for, for Coach Chang to work with.
2: You know, I I'd be shocked if these coaches weren't alerted to this decision before Christmas.
0: You think so? Maybe yeah. Uh huh.
2: Um it, it especially you're hinting or excuse me, hitting on something unique and maybe we'll get to it in the uh, after the break. But the college football calendar needs to be revisited.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
2: It's chaos towards Christmas time. And then r- r- right up until now. I mean, we, we have a month, a little over a month month and change until official national signing day and yet there's all this time for all this movement and chaos and and mo- and just craziness. I I think there mm, I, know, I know we're talking about coaching turnover but it it also has to do with recruiting. Mm-hmm. It has to do with uh enrollment of your early signing guys. It has to do with um Time off with your families. It, it, it has to do with rest of your players, rehab of some of your guys, But when your spring ball is is scheduled. So much of this, I think, needs to be bowl games if you're playing in one. Um, th- th- there's a lot that needs to be rethought, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, the hard thing about the calendar, we'll talk about it a little bit later on. I, I brought it up yesterday. I think there may be some things that are impossible to get around on the calendar. Um, but when we come back, uh, one of the other things that I, I wanted to bring up on on the coaching changes is that I, I think there is now um, – I don't want to say the clock has now started, but I, I think there is now a realization of what – these next hires are going to mean in the grand scheme of the rebuild, and and whether we can whether we stop using the word rebuild, uh, that will do coming up. I want to remind you: call the coach, Charlie Wade, presented by Paxa, returns Tuesday at six thirty p.m. live on location at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. Join us on site and enjoy Ruby Tuesday specials, prize giveaways, and. Enjoy the latest on Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Check it out right here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll go to the phones here in a moment. Uh, We'll check out uh, traffic at the top of the next hour, but more on the coaching side. That's next on ESPN Honolulu. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and aeroplane. All right, more on the UH UH football coaching uh, conversation here in a little bit. Hunter, I want to bring up something to you that is history today. Ooh. Although I don't know if it's history we're going to remember in an hour, but it's history today. Did you know the Pro Bowl games are happening in February? Oh, they're
2: doing that again. They are doing that again. Mm. I figured. I figured once was uh, not nearly enough for them.
0: Did you know Tua Tonga has been named the AFC starter at quarterback for the Pro Bowl games?
2: Wow, good for him.
0: Did you know? Play a
2: year of tackle football to play one game of flag.
0: Did you know? Because I'm, I'm getting to the history part. Yeah. That we'll, we'll all forget later. He is the first quarterback born in Hawaii to be selected to a Pro Bowl.
2: Wow, that's pretty cool. I did not know that.
0: It, it's just a bummer that it's it. the Pro Bowl's gotten to the point where it feels like You say that, it's a historical thing, technically.
2: And then you play flag football.
0: Yeah, and you put, like, this massive asterisk next to it. You might as well have a
2: Nerf ball. Yeah. That whistles.
0: (laughs) That's the only ball I could throw deep down the field, so I'll take that.
2: My dad used to, we would vacation every year to this lake house in Minnesota. Mm Mm-hmm and it had a cliff down to the, the lake, had a little beach, and he would toss that thing from up on top of that ridge. It it had to have gone 70 yards, if not 80. I could see that. It, and with the wind, it might have gone 90. And when that whistle hit the wind, I mean, you, you, could, you could have heard it from space. Wow. It was awesome. Anyway, I can't believe we're talking about that in association with the Pro Bowl.
0: I, I know. I, I, I did this to kind of make a point um about how worthless the pro Bowl games are and how this historical nugget and thank you Christian Shimabuku from KHON.
2: is that it's such an accomplishment
0: yeah it's an accomplishment for
2: what be, to, to be an all-pro uh, yeah that's true you're, you're an all pro like they when you go back and you watch NFL films and they they, they used to hold that with such honor mm-hmm. he's an all-pro player an all-pro quarterback blah 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 position like you are nominated to be one of the best in the league at your position. That it's, a, it's supposed to be a huge honor.
0: It's supposed to be. You're right. Um, by the way, chances he participates in the NFL Pro Games. I'm putting at twenty percent.
2: Yeah, especially if the Dolphins are still playing.
0: Exactly. Well, if they're still playing, then they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I would even think if they if they go deeper into the postseason and they lose, what's the point? Yeah, like um, Burrow last year. Exactly. Yeah, uh, exactly. So, yeah, I'll, I'll put that number uh, very low. Uh, but congratulations to Tua tonga first quarterback born in Hawaii. Again, I'm uh, crediting Christian Shimabuku from KHON, first quarterback born in Hawaii to be selected to a Pro Bowl. Um, we don't have a lot of time here, so this is going to carry over to some point um, next hour. But talking about the coaching changes that were announced yesterday for Hawaii football, um, there is a realization that I think hits here that maybe kind of under under mentioned. I, I kind of glossed over it yesterday because we didn't have a lot of time, but the realization here is these are Timmy Chang's most important hires. Hmm. Now coming in year three, we, I, I think we all know what year three means, right? For everybody who said myself included, you need to give someone three years to be able to do a rebuild and uh, and move the program forward while well, here's year three. Um, these coordinator hires, and it seems like, I, I don't know, um, they're posted. I don't know if there's a chance that any of these hires are internal uh, or whether these are going to be completely external hires for these coordinator positions. We'll find out. But whoever they are, um, these hires could potentially make or break um, the chances of a rebuild. And based on that, could also potentially make or break um, Timmy Chang. And that's why these, and I we've got about like 20 seconds here, that's why these hires, Hunter, are so important here over the next couple of weeks.
2: Super important. And it will also be interesting to see if he deviates, which I don't think he should, mm-hmm. from that classic run-and-shoot yeah, June think, Jones coaching will. tree. Yeah, yeah, you almost have to.
0: But I think there's a big question on that too, uh, and we'll we'll get into that coming up uh, after SportsCenter Center, because the tree is is one thing, but can you find someone off the tree? That's uh, that's the other thing. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Russ Mitchell, collegefootballnews.com, will join us uh, coming up after SportsCenter Center and after Traffic. It's off the bench on ESPN Honolulu now from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes I don't want to say a
4: crazy number but I'd say a good number 80% of the teams in college football steal signs and you know it's just a Thing about football you know it's been around for years we actually
2: had to adapt because in uh 2020 or 2019 like when ohio state was stealing our signs which is legal and they were doing it the legal way we had to
4: get up to the level that they were at and we had to you know make it an even playing field we do work our butts off we do watch so much film you know there's a lot more that goes into play and a lot of stuff that gets masked, a lot of work that gets masked just because of the outside perception
0: of what sign stealing is all about. Off
3: the Bench on ESPN Honolulu.
0: Michigan quarterback J.J. McCarthy, earlier today, he was asked the question, uh, you know, everything going on around that program and Connor Stallions and, and Jim Harbaugh. He was asked the question, he answered the question in ways I don't think most people uh, would have expected him to answer that question. Uh, and of course uh, that's part of the conversation, in the lead up to the college football playoff national championship presented by AT&T number one, Michigan number two, Wisconsin uh, number two, Washington. How much I'd love to see classic big 10 uh, number one, Michigan number two, Washington coming up on Monday coverage here at one thirty on ESPN Honolulu on that game in the semifinals. Uh, we bring in our good friend Russ Mitchell, collegefootballnews.com. In the old days, we kicked the tires and would and light the fires with Russ. Um, we'll get into the game and the semis in a moment, but I, I, I think you heard the bite there from J.J. McCarthy about the whole sign-stealing thing. Did Did you take anything away from that that you found interesting?
3: Other than that, you shouldn't let children talk. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, <clears throat> because, you know, they say the damnest things. Um listen people have been trying in all sports to identify what you know or get an insight to what other teams are going to do that's not the issue the issue the issue is you know if you industrialize your effort you know if you if you do things that are against the rules to try to figure out what the other team is going to do, which is clearly what Michigan was doing. And, you know, I've, I've also heard people say, Oh, it doesn't matter if, if you know what, what the other team is going to do. If you, you, you bet that those people have never played football. If you know Amen. exactly what the play is going to be, then you like on defense, for example, when you're playing linebacker, you're watching all the you're what you're trying to watch as many players at the same time and you're looking you're on instinct you're paying attention to everything that's going on if you don't have to do that because you know exactly where the ball's going to go you can have a much better outcome than if you're you know just knowing for example it's going to be a run or just knowing it's going to pass it's a material thing to know what the other team is going to what play they're going to run so I I, I can't believe we're talking about this after arguably one of the greatest days of college football in my nearly four decades of covering this sport. Monday was just fantastic and a great way to, you know, to launch ourselves into the playoff next year.
0: And I think to to transition it, um, the fact that J.J. McCarthy was A, asked, and B, decided to answer um, Ah. reminds us a little bit about, what it takes away like you know i I know a lot of people will be very critical on uh, on michigan for you know everything that has been brought up here but let's not take away the fact that i thought uh michigan's coaching staff especially on the offensive side called one heck of a game uh i i I think you can't don't let any of those allegations in the past kind of take away from the fact that i i thought that was a well-coached game on that end
3: you know I've got so much I want to talk about from the damn a <laughs> Michigan game. I, I, I will only say that this Michigan team, you know, like I, I'm not going to have an asterisk on it to me. You know, th- this has been a great team, you know, that got caught cheating. <laughs> but, you know, I, I it, they haven't been in the last few, you know, they weren't challenged at all for the first half of the season. Hell, their coach wasn't even their coach for half the season. And and they still won. these kids are, you know, really top uh flight group and they're playing for the national championship and that's what I'm focusing on.
0: Russ Mitchell joining us collegefootballnews.com uh, with us here on off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. Russ, w- w- when you
2: look at this Michigan team, uh, I yes, there's so much focus on JD McCarthy and Blake Corum in that offense, but to me it's their defense, and looking ahead to this matchup against Washington, Penix was hardly ever rushed in the pocket at at all during that matchup against Texas. Uh, could, do you see that playing a huge uh, a huge role in this matchup uh, come next week?
3: So it's interesting because the Bama Michigan game, which you know was really 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 a big deal, because since you know, the last 10 times the SEC has played the big 10 in the playoff. The SEC has won eight of those 10 times. Mm. And one of them was Ohio state beating Ar- uh, Arkansas. So hardly that <laughs> powerful. So, you know, for them to win, even in overtime, it's, you know, getting the monkey off your shoulders. So that was really big in terms of the Michigan, you know, the team, it was a sloppy game. It was pretty evenly matched. It was sloppy. Michigan went two of 11 on third downs. That's, hardly auspicious but the defense was fantastic you know they really put that secondary which is the second best secondary in all of college football really put uh, pressure on on Milrow who's not a polished quarterback to begin with and that let the defensive front seven be able to put pressure it allowed the defense to be able to commit to putting pressure on Milrow and made his life miserable he completed 70 percent of his passes People don't realize that Milrow completed 16 of 23, but he only had one pass over 13 yards. And that ended up being the difference in that semi.
0: And you would think too, I mean, you, you go from Milrow, you're right. Um, you know, someone's still kind of growing in that position. Penix is going to get to the NFL uh, to what degree we'll find out, but how how different does that make that matchup with Michigan's defense? Knowing that Penix is, is so different. <clears throat>
3: You know, I, I always say that the reason why the SEC has been so dominant for the last two decades is because over the last two decades, the best football has been played across that conference. It's why they've had five different teams that have won the championship, whereas, you know, it was for the most part until now, Ohio State in the big, and it was only Clemson in the ACC and only USC in the pac 12 I bring that up because if you play tough games throughout the season against tough opponents, then you, you know the hardest deal is forged by the hottest fire. This Michigan defense, the secondary I mentioned earlier, is the second best pass defense in the country. They haven't faced anybody like they're gonna face against the Huskies on Monday night. They haven't faced an offense that throws the ball even a fraction. Of a, the efficiency, and they're not going to be. I, I think Hunter, you said that he wasn't pressured. Penix during the game. A lot of that has to do with how quickly he reads, makes yeah, reads, how fast he gets the ball out of his hand. He makes his offensive line look fantastic, sort of the same way Warner did when he played for, you know, the Arizona Cardinals and led them to the Super Bowl when the Cardinals had no business being in that Super Bowl because Warner got the ball out of his hand so fast. Penix plays the same way, and that this is why I'm picking Washington in this game. Wow. I think that the Michigan secondary will be grossly unprepared for what they're going to see in this game. I don't think the Michigan defensive front seven will be able to replicate what they did against Alabama. My only concern is Michigan's going to run the ball down the Huskies' mm-hmm. throat.
2: Yeah, uh, you 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 hit a couple things there, Russ. But to to me, I I think one of the also unsaid things for Penix's success is the fact that he's 24.
3: Well, yeah, and by the way, Daniels won the uh, won, well, he was my Heisman pick uh this year. Uh, he was also playing. I mean, how like Joe Burrow when Joe Burrow won it, he was also. I think when Joe Burrow won his Heisman, he only had one class. And when Daniels won this <laughs> Su- year, he only Definition had one Definition of super class. senior right there. Yeah. I mean, these are guys that are basically professional players. Penix, I will say, this is an interesting thing that no one's talking about. Is that, you know, Penix started his career at Indiana where Michigan is the boss mm. with Ohio State. And I wonder... You know, there's a little bit of the big brother, little brother syndrome, if anybody Chip out on the there shoulder is, is it, well, if, if you're a big brother, even when you're much older, you still dominate the situation because there's a, there's sort of a pattern that evolves where the big brother is the big brother. Yep. I, I wonder if Penix is still going to have some of that, uh, I don't know. It's almost know, like assumed roles. Up, Yes, if he looks across you know. the field and he sees those Michigan helmets, uh, the maize and uh, you know the maize and yellow and the maize and gold, and thinks to himself, "Oh no, it's Michigan. I don't know. It's going to be interesting."
0: Mm-hmm. Russ Mitchell joining us, college football news. Before before I ask my next question, I got to go back to something you said when you talked about a uh, you know being forged by fire. Are you telling me that uh, Iowa's offense did not challenge <laughs> Michigan enough? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no did you see tennessee beat yeah. iowa 35 to zero and you know I, I don't, with a freshman quarterback you know, we can we, we can read very much into these bowl games now it's like i listen to people talking about the florida state game florida state there were 30 kids who didn't dress for the florida state yeah. bowl game you know but if tennessee i watched tennessee's every single game tennessee played this year if tennessee scored Thirty-five points and won thirty-five to zero against Iowa. Iowa's not a very strong team.
0: I'm sorry, I de- you know, anytime I can crack a joke at Iowa, uh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Uh, when, when we talk yeah, about that's low-hanging football. fruit, man. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll ask one more here on Washington. Russ, um, is Washington's defense going into this game underrated? Because I, I know, you know, when when Sean and, and Greg mentioned on the TV broadcast, they their passing numbers uh, defensively in the hundreds. Um, You know, I I thought that was kind of an interesting number. I also keep in mind where games are, how much teams are throwing against them. Is Washington's defense coming in kind of underrated?
3: No, (laughs) (laughs) not a very good defense. Um, You know, I will say that in the Texas, in the Sugar Bowl, Braylon Trice, the defensive lineman, he might have been the star of the game, actually. I mean, obviously it was Penix because he had just an epic performance. But Trice, five tackles, two sacks, three tackles for a loss, really disrupted viewers in that Texas offense. That being said, you know, this is a – you talk about the pass defense being, you know, so poor. Uh, You know, uh, the Washington run defense is averaging nearly five yards per carry. They're ranked 86th in the nation in, in yards per carry against, you know, they gave up six and a half yards rushing to Texas on 28 rushing attempts. Michigan quorum's going to run the ball right down their gullet. So, you know, the question is, the question is, can they, can Michigan score enough to keep up with what we're going to see from Penix in that passing mm-hmm. offense? And I don't know. I don't have enough faith. In McCarthy, I don't have enough face in this uh, offense to be able to score enough to keep up with what we know Penix is going to be able to do. And I don't think the front seven of Michigan is going to be able to put enough pressure on Penix the way they did Milrow. That's not going to happen.
0: I'm sorry, let me go back to the Iowa litmus test here. Um, Are we saying that Iowa... Could could Iowa score 10 points on Washington's defense? No
3: chance. (laughs) (laughs) Look, the bottom line is... <laughs> the, the, Sorry, I can't help it. You know, Alabama's defense is very stout and very aggressive, and Michigan beat them.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: you know, you know, I, I I think that, but you don't have to score the same way. You don't have to score as many points to keep up with Alabama the way you got to keep up with Washington and Pennix. So uh, I I I I I don't think Michigan's going to be able to do that, and I like the Huskies.
0: Russ, my friend, enjoy the national championship on Monday. Thanks for joining us.
3: Aloha, everybody. And uh, it's going to be a great Monday leading us into the playoffs, so you all enjoy it.
0: Will do. That's uh, my good friend Russ Thanks, Mitchell, Russ. College Football News. Uh, he joins us here on ESPN Honolulu. He and I used to do weekly hits long, long time ago, uh, so it's good to get the occasional chat in with him. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate him setting me up with Iowa.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but interesting, he's taking Washington. Uh, in this game, I
2: I kind of like his approach. And one thing that we're not really talking about: this is a uh, a
0: future Big Ten matchup. It is, it is. This is wild to think about. Which leads me to another thought, uh, which we'll we'll get to coming up on the other side of this break. Uh, but first, uh, we want to give away tickets to uh, Rainbow Wahine basketball because uh, they got a big conference game. They're one and O in the Big West Conference. Uh, they've got a conference game tomorrow night with Cal State Bakersfield. Six o'clock tip, simplify arena at Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, we want to get you there, so we'll take caller number three at 808 296 1420 to check out Rainbow Wahine basketball on Women in Business Night. Uh, there at Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. More on that coming up a little bit later on. But, yeah, the craziness of what this is going to be ultimately next year with the uh, Washington and Michigan, regardless of what happens on Monday, uh, that coming up in just a little bit. Play Pigskin Picks at ESPNHonolulu.com. Uh, your chance to win weekly prizes, of course, the grand prize cash at the end of the year. Uh, it's brought to you by M. Dyer Global and by Young's Fish Market. We'll stay on the college football theme coming up after traffic and after we tell you who wins tickets. It's next on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, congratulations to uh, Randy from Parts Unknown of Honolulu. I think that might actually be a place. Uh, Randy's checking out uh, University of Hawaii women's basketball tomorrow night, 6 o'clock. It's an earlier start time for uh, Hawaii and Cal State Bakersfield. Noteworthy, by the way. Uh, That is a night where they're celebrating women in the professional world. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Sylvia Luke is going to be honored in the court in the second half. And uh, at Gate A, uh, keep this in mind if you've got something in your closet or something like that. Um, they're accepting donations of women's business attire and, uh, all donations will go to the YWCA's dress for success program. So a uh, kind of a neat thing, $7 general admission for adults, $5 senior citizens, all kids get in free 18 and younger. So, uh, really cool thing. Uh, check that out at the university of Hawaii tomorrow night. Um, uh, we were talking and we got about a couple minutes here, Hunter, what's going to be kind of fun. About Monday's national championship is that these two teams are going to ultimately meet each other in a conference game in the Big Ten. And the funny thing about it is we all have this like brand that we know um, the Big Ten to be right. It is a little more in the trenches. It is not known to be like high scoring affairs and the Pac-12 and and the Pac-12 to be.
2: As much as we know the yeah. Big Ten, the Pac-12 is not the Big Ten.
0: No, and and I think that was the point I was gonna I was gonna get at is yeah. that like whoa um, we're gonna see like the infiltration of styles in a conference that kind of has a style, if mm. you will. It's it's gonna be like a culture shock to those in the Midwest uh, to see what they're gonna be going up against.
2: I mean, you're you've got four teams that just about all of them run some version of a West Coast offense Mm -hmm. going up against Power I. That's interesting.
0: It is. By the way, uh, they meet October 5th at Husky Stadium in Seattle, Washington. Mm -hmm. So you know when the rematch is going to be. But yeah, I mean, I know there are, are some offenses you would consider in the Big Ten that are a little more explosive. You could say Michigan's is to a degree, but they weren't scoring a ton of points anyway. Um, They were just better overall teams. Um, Maryland offensively has been pretty good. They just don't win games, but they're not like elite offenses, like what Dylan Gabriel is going to be walking into in Oregon. Uh, Maybe the closest thing would probably be Ohio State. Offensively, Ohio State, pretty darn good. Probably puts up more points annually than anybody else in the conference. But, yeah, this is like next level.
2: Definitely puts it in the the air more Mm -hmm. than anybody else in the Big Ten
0: get ready big 10 for really really long football games mm.
2: <laughs> also uh, get ready for the cold all of those teams from southern california
0: yeah uh, i was about to say oh, hey washington knows the cold but yeah usc is going to ann arbor next <laughs> year um fresno state's going to ann arbor that'll be fun that's actually interesting caleb DeBoer, uh caleb the former team he coached he used to coach fresno state now coaches washington his old team's going to ann arbor next year in uh I think that's week zero. That no, that's week one, August thirty first. Hmm. So they're they're going there too. Oh, and, and oh, we almost could have had Michigan, Texas, and they play September seventh. Wow, in Ann Arbor. You know, one thing I love about uh, Texas's schedule, and I don't think this is all Steve Sarkeesian. He's just kind of walked into it. Texas plays anybody, anywhere. Go to Alabama, beat Alabama, beat them. Check go to Michigan play uh play the Wolverines I mean if they win that check that one off they're not afraid no uh and and you don't see that a lot with uh with with power conference teams that's I wonder if the steer will make it to the big house I have a feeling Michigan might uh keep that from happening uh, you know they'll, they'll probably pull pull rank at, at the big house and say no you can't bring the steer he's a big boy yeah, hard to keep out, right? Yeah. Uh Keeney McMillan coming up after Sports Center, it's ESPN Honolulu.
3: Just take those old records to I said listen
0: to him McMillan in a moment. Gatorade player of the year in uh, high school football. By the way, uh, Hunter, since we've spent some time on uh, Michigan and Washington, text her from the 208. Rick Flair, a big Michigan supporter. <laughs> Woo! I, I can't go high. I, I, I can't. so Woo! There, there you go. There, there you go. Uh, I'll let you do that. Happy Wednesday, everybody. My, my voice is uh, is not good enough for that. <laughs> it, it requires a commitment, I it, will say <laughs> it, it, that commitment uh, long term I cannot commit to. Uh, Keeney McMillan, the Gatorade High School player of the year in uh, in football in the state of Hawaii, joining us now. Uh, here on ESP in Honolulu. Before I even talk about some of that stuff, um, I got to put you on the spot. It's Michigan or Washington. Who are you taking in Monday's game?
1: Oh. He Good wasn't question. expecting that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to have to go to Washington. Mm. And why? I uh, don't know. Their quarterback is. I mean, I was watching some of his highlights, but he can throw the ball.
2: I know you saw that cover two hole shot to the tight end.
0: Oh yeah, I did.
2: For Goodness, sure. yeah. was that a He's throw? A that.
0: Quarterbacks uh look after quarterbacks, uh, which is why it's uh it's okay. pretty it's pretty neat to hear that from you. Hey, uh congratulations, Gatorade State Player of the Year. Uh what does that mean to you? you? Uh, you know, just completing your your junior season of football. What does that award mean to you?
1: I mean, it means a lot,
0: but I'm just so great fun block you know just to be able to play the full season and
1: you know just be able to play with my brothers on the field yeah
0: it is hard i mean on, on that point of playing a full season in, in in open division football uh not just in the oia but across the state i mean you've got some mean pass rushers coming your way and to be able to have the longevity that you know you've had uh, on the field, uh, that's not easy at, at this level. You've been able to, to maintain that. How how do you think you've done that?
1: Well, I just want to say, like, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, I just, in the offseason, I worked a lot, you know, just working hard and just building up to that point. I mean, it takes a lot of hard work, and I just go out there and try my best on the field and try to make plays.
0: We're talking to uh, Tristan keeney McMillan, Gatorade High School Player of the Year, uh, and Lani, quarterback joining us here on Off the Bench. Now, uh, as a as a fellow quarterback, I, I have to think that a
2: large amount of this credit also has to be given to your O line. Is that correct?
1: Oh, sure. I mean, without the O line, I mean, I wouldn't be getting um, the awards. So I'm just grateful for them
2: that that's awesome man yeah the, the the big boys up front uh definitely need uh, all, all the support that we can give um but uh, you know I uh, doubt that we got that out of the way man uh um cuz well we, we we can't forget the big boys man if you if you don't forget them they will not forget you 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 want them fighting for you um but uh you know with watching your game man uh and uh, got to think that the confidence that you're continuing to add to your game uh, as you mature and have one more season in front of you. um, How much of the -the on-the-fly kind of play calling do you suspect to be part of you guys' game plan coming next year for Mililani?
1: Well, sorry, you cut out. Could you repeat that question, please?
2: Yeah, no problem, man. Was just curious um, how much of the... Game time, uh, play calling responsibilities. Do you think that you're going to have as uh, the quarterback for Mililani next year?
1: Well, some of you may not know, like um, I was called plays in the championship games, and you know, I think it's up to coach if he wants to roll. Um, I'm prepared to call all the plays for next year. Yeah you were calling plays how right.
2: how
0: did how did how did we lead to that I where, heard where
2: something about plays. that I wanted to kind of bring it up right now
1: Also uh, oh, um coach York before the OI championship game um, he asked me if he if he want if um if I wanted to call the plays and he just gave me the keys and I just took it and ran with it
0: like how did I mean? Was there an exchange prior to that, or or any like kind of you know, pr- preparation prior to that? That my guy plays asking? a lot of Madden, Josh. I'm sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, yeah. Um, we kind of at practice. I kind of call the plays, um, so I, I was ready. I mean, I wasn't nervous, nothing. I just felt confident calling the plays, so that's what we went with.
0: What's your What's your favorite play to call?
2: Oh, he can't tell you that. Uh... Hey, don't oh. feel like you gotta you gotta let anything out of the bag, bro. <laughs> Unless you say want all to. All
1: street all verts.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: hit him with the four verts, bro. <laughs> let it fly. That's awesome. You know, um, it's it's still crazy to me that you're only a junior, um, and, and you've got still one more year to go. I mean, you've thrown seventy three touchdowns in your varsity career. In three seasons. I mean, you've had, I mean, you've grown up pretty quickly through this process. I mean, how much has coach York and that staff really helped in kind of quickening that maturation process for you uh, to get to the point where, you know, you're, you're, you still got more damage to do in high school football with still gaudy numbers.
1: I mean, all props go to them as well. I mean, they, they help prepare us and our team to, um, you know, try our best on the field. And I feel like they gave us the best opportunity to uh, go make plays on the field. So I'm grateful for them.
0: Take me through what, what the offseason is going to be like for you. Um, obviously, besides school, um, you're, yeah. you're obviously going to be, you know, recruited. You have been recruited. I know that there are some uh, websites that show that you have gotten offers. Um, you know what? How is that process, you know, going to build up for you? How ready are you to to you know go through that as uh, you prepare for your senior year? I just got done with
1: uh, yeah, uh, season training. You know. Lift.
0: Really bad time to lose them there. Uh, I don't know if you want to repeat that. We kind of lost your connection there a little bit, um, but yeah, take us take us through that answer again. Can you hear me? Yeah, hear you now. Yeah.
1: All right. I was, I was saying. Um, I just. I, I do want to work out. That
0: was it. Well, okay. That was that was pretty simple. Well, no, the recruiting process I think was was kind of what we're looking at. Like, how how ready are you for that to ramp up? Um, I mean, I've, I've seen some of the offers that, that you have gotten. You know there's going to be a lot more because there's a a lot of people mentioning your name right now. Certain flair to Gatorade player <laughs> of the year. Absolutely. Um, how ready are, are you for that to to build up and uh, and intensify uh, before your senior year?
1: Well, I'm super ready. I mean, I've been looking for this moment, and I'm just being patient, you know, just keeping my head down and just continuing to work, and, you know, everything will fall into place.
2: It's one thing to think about going to the next level, but it's a completely other thing to think about the legacy of where you're playing right now. Mackenzie Milton, Dylan Gabriel, Tristan McMillan. You're the next one in that list, bro. What does it mean to be among one of the, the, the better, if not you know, one of the best QBs to come through and in that lineage of great QBs to go before you to play at Mililani?
1: Well, like I said, I'm just blessed, you know, just to be, you know, up there with those guys. I mean, you see um, Dylan, he's going to Oregon now. He's succeeding. I mean, yeah, it's just an honor to be named, like, Gator Player of the Year. It's a blessing.
0: Dylan was just here. Uh, I don't know if he's still here, but I know he was at the Yolani Classic a couple weeks ago. How much have you been able to, to like, pick his brain and and learn more and, and gather more?
1: Well, you know, you no, know, sometimes we text and stuff, and, like, um, actually – I think it was like a year ago we trained when he came down. So, yeah, he's a a role
0: model. Nice. Nice. Uh, Keeney McMillan, congratulations again. I mean, that's a a prestigious honor uh, given to you, and it's well-earned. Can't wait to see what you can do in your senior year. Uh, Best of luck to you. Enjoy a class as it gets back into session, and we'll see you soon for your senior season. He's not thinking about right, class right time. now. Hey, he's a student athlete. He should be thinking about no class. No way. Enjoy the award, bro. <laughs> thank you. All right. That's uh, that's Keeney McMillan, uh, Gatorade High School Player of the Year. Let me just give you these these numbers real fast because um, I didn't want to be the guy that just throws out numbers to start an interview. 73 touchdowns, 18 interceptions in three years. Hmm. And he still has one more season. There is the very, very clear possibility he's gonna throw one hundred touchdowns if he stays healthy in his four year career in high school football. And there, there there's calling plays at lower level
2: high school football, and then there's calling plays in the OIA championship in Hawaii. Yeah. Like I I'm trying to like paint a clear enough picture. The, whenever you jump to the next level in college. If you're already savvy enough to recognize defenses and call an effective game, at as a junior, you're no matter if you're six foot four or not, you're you're going to be completely capable of handling whatever is thrown at you in a couple of se- a couple of years time. Whenever he does wherever he winds up playing college football. Like the, very few guys have that ability at the age of 16, 17 years old to call a game effectively.
0: That's awesome. By the way, if you're wondering, um, I, I said he, he may very well throw over 100 touchdowns in his, in his high school football career. Um, that, I, I got to give credit uh, a little bit to uh, a certain quarterback from, uh, from Kona Waina. His name is Keoki Alani, who threw uh, 20 touchdown passes uh, this season to 14 interceptions, but I just want to note something. As far as we know, going back to numbers, and I want to credit the Honolulu Star Advertiser for this, uh, he has thrown more touchdown passes than anybody in high school football history. Uh, he threw 20 this year, but I believe the number overall is 124. The wow. amount of touchdown passes he has thrown uh, in his high school football career, which uh, ends up being, what, uh, 11 more than uh, the the known number, which was Timmy Chang's 113 uh, for St. Louis back in the late 1990s. So uh, put put that uh, some of that in perspective. By the way, uh, Keoki Alani is uh, incredible. Uh, so so keep that in mind. He's got uh, he's got plenty of football in him as well. All right, uh, traffic coming up here in just a couple of seconds. Want to remind you, uh, call the coach with Charlie Wade is coming up on Tuesday. It is presented by Paxa. You can listen to it right here on ESPN Honolulu at 6.30 p.m. You can watch it at Ruby Tuesday in the Moanalua Shopping Center. You got Ruby Tuesday specials, prize giveaways, and the latest info on uh, Rainbow Warrior Volleyball, which kicks off tonight. Hawaii and the Loyola Chicago Ramblers to open up Warrior, Vol, uh, Warrior Ball uh, 24. That's Call the Coach with Charlie Wade presented by Paxa. Traffic here. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Coming up, your quarterback said something he probably shouldn't have said. Okay. When I say your quarterback, I say Hunter Hughes' quarterback. Fields? Yes. Uh-oh. Uh, that's coming up in uh, just about 15 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, we were talking earlier about the Hawaii football coaching situation, and, and we really didn't get to kind of finish entirely the point, uh, you know, kind of with the clock the, where, the way it was. There are a couple of points that we, we really needed to make on, on the coaching side. A, um, my point was these coaching changes, whoever he hires, um, I really believe will uh, will be the first real litmus test for where the rebuild is, um, you know, and the ability to truly have, like, your staff. Not that he hasn't had, you know, his hand-picked members of his staff. Um, but these are the real important positions that mm-hmm. he's going to be hiring, and and I agree to a point. Um, you know, Texter from the two two one said, "When you're replacing DC and OC, that usually means pressure being put on the head coach or self imposed pressure. Uh, they're the fall guys for what is deemed as an unsuccessful two seasons. Timmy has to get some new guys in to show he's making an all out effort to win. Uh, also, you got." Craig Angeles who did not hire Timmy waiting to make a splash with his own hire, just waiting for opportunity. Although I don't know if that's the case. It seems like Craig Angeles really likes Timmy Chang. So uh, I don't know. That's I think is an, a, an assumption, but some of that though um, the pressure part probably is fair. Um, getting new guys to, to show the kind of effort you want to win probably is kind of fair too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I think it's a combination of a few things, but at at the end of the day, there's gonna need to be some adjustments because five wins ain't gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. And as long as the head coach is still there, um very few of these guys came with him from Nevada. So it it's not like it 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 it's it's not exactly similar to when Rolo brought a lot of his former teammates. Mm-hmm or some of his good friends from previous coaching stops. It's kind of a smorgasbord of past relationships, friends of the family of University of Hawaii and and some aspects of that. But um, you got to win football games. And year three is probably the most, uh, I don't want to say scrutinized, more attention And more expectation is going to be put on this season than on on the other years. And I I would say it's more understandable right now than it has been the last two seasons.
0: And fairly. Fairly. No, I agree with that, but I think fairly the expectation is also a bowl game.
2: Right? Yep. yep. I do too. Because three to five, you certainly want at least one more win. Mm -hmm. Preferably two more wins. Preferably, yeah. And with the... Return of the majority of our receivers. We got our quarterback coming back. Hopefully, we can figure out uh, a good situation at running back. Um, we're gonna we're gonna find ourselves competitive in a lot of football games this next year.
0: Now let's flip to the other side of that. Uh, something we were talking about during one of the breaks a, a little while ago the offensive coordinator position is going to be a must-watch. Now, I don't know what's going to happen to Roman Sapolu. He is currently the um, co-OC. The other co-offensive coordinator was one of the three coaches uh, that did not have his his contract retained. But that is going to be interesting because that is the lifeblood and identity for a lot of people of Hawaii football. So that hire is going to be so scrutinized whenever that hire is made um because it could very well dictate where we see this program go.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I if you if you look to all of the previous years where U, UH has had success, other than that ninety-two holiday bowl team, it's just about always come at the hands of the run and shoot offense, with exception to a couple of decent years uh, under Graham. We have to keep the coaching tree connected to those years. Mm-hmm. If we can't grab the coaches from those years, then we certainly need to tap the minds of the those that played under those coaches. Because the, the – the run-and-shoot offense, if that is really where we're headed and it doesn't look like we're making any changes there. It, Nor should we. That's right. It's bread and butter with, with who University of Hawaii football is on offense, uh, at least. We have to get guys who know that offense, and it's so niche that we need people that know this place and know how to run that offense. And so it's going to be really interesting to see who ends up being uh, selected to come in and uh, help do that job.
0: Someone asked on our text line if uh, you were approached about it and you were interested, would you you take that job?
2: I would certainly talk to whoever gave me a call. I would definitely be interested. I guess let
0: me me backtrack because um, I think you might have to apply for a job like that. Uh, Do you think you might be uh, thinking about turning in a resume for that? You can be honest. Nobody's going to judge you. I'm I'm not going to judge you. I'm at the point in my life where I don't
2: have any kids. I don't have any (laughs) big-time responsibilities. I'm I'm at the point
0: in my life where I say, why wouldn't I? Okay, we know, uh, hey, uh, folks at UH, you know what you're going to be getting here in the next couple of days, a Hunter Hughes, nicely laminated and nicely printed resume with some graphic design to make it look even better.
2: I have applied... Uh, for another position in previous years, luckily, you, you don't need anything laminated. You just you, you, you submit it electronically. That's, I,
0: I realized that when I said it. I wanted I wanted to say laminated because it sounded cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you don't need to send you can't send something laminated as a PDF.
2: I'm totally put, forgot about that. I'm gonna put Josh
0: down as a reference. <laughs> Don't. It's not gonna get you the job. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, Josh, just calling you as a uh, as a reference for Hunter Hughes. Can you uh, can you help? Uh, kind of help me understand Hunter Hughes. Uh, well, uh, Hunter Hughes did a radio show from his car uh, because uh, he forgot about his schedule. But other than that, Hunter's great. Let's reverse See, that. That's why you don't want me well, as a reference. Let's reverse that. <laughs> Who
2: at this studio has the capability of doing a radio show from their car?
0: See, that, that's that's wow. That's a great way of framing See,
2: it. See, I'm, I'm already I'm already getting my my in, interview skills lined up.
0: Wow.
2: Let's reverse that question. That shall is, we? That is great. Who could be poised enough?
0: Only me. See, that's that's the thing, because no one job. no one no one is in that position to know if they could do it or not. <laughs> because, because no one would put themselves in that position. Okay. I actually have I actually have one more question on that oh, uh, boy. now that you've brought it up. Uh were you on speakerphone? And uh, were you driving? No, no, no. We were parked. Okay, all right, good. All right.
2: Were you on speakerphone? I was on speakerphone. Okay. It, it was the uh Enchanted Lake Safeway parking lot. <laughs> To be specific, right out in front of uh, of
0: Starbucks. Um, oh, you know what? We might have. Hey, is this in the podcast section, by the way, from from last week? Oh my gosh, we're gonna we're gonna dive deep into it. It should be oh my goodness. perfect. I need to go back and listen to it, because I was on vacation that day, so I didn't get to hear it. Uh, I, I want to hear Fast the— Fast forward uh, two hours, Josh fires me. <laughs> I, I want to hear this uh, This gold oh my goodness. that was uh, a radio sh- show done in a car outside of a Safeway. I can't believe these Mrs. are things that, uh These are things that don't often have stories to tell, which is why we tell them right here on this show.
2: Who would have thought a half hour after Christmas would be the thing that did me
0: in? I don't think it did you in. It I, might be the I, thing. I don't, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it did you in at all. I think it, it created on-air stories that we can share for a lifetime. Mm. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. I
2: mean, I, I, I'll be the first one. I think whenever I told you, I'm like, that's my
0: bad, and it won't happen again. So we shared mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> With no judgment attached. Hey coming up uh, we'll turn our attention to the National Football League. Uh, your quarterback uh, said the darndest things. Kind of like J.J McCarthy said the darndest things. Um, here's a hint to any young quarterback in the National Football League. if you're going to play in a road game, don't say anything negative about the place that you're going to. that's that, that's a real simple hint. Uh, that coming up, plus uh, not a lot of really good quarterbacks we'll see uh, on Sunday, but the games that matter, what does it matter in the grand scheme of things with 20 different teams either in the playoffs or fighting for a playoff spot, which is not the most we've had going into the final week of a regular season. I think the most at one point was like 22, Uh, but this is still a pretty good number and a bunch of interesting games on the schedule. How does The quarterbacks not playing, teams needing wins. How does that all factor uh, into the conversation? Because we got some big games on tap, uh, including some must wins for teams like Houston and so on and so forth. So that coming up, we've got sports center on the way here in just a couple of moments. As we watch some big NBA games on this Wednesday, it's off the bench, ESPN, Honolulu. Now from the PAXA Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You know their home field.
4: Uh, I know their fans gonna be loud because there's not much to do in Green Bay except watch football. But um,
1: <laughs> uh,
4: it's gonna be a great environment to us for us to play in, and uh, you know, hopefully
0: we have a great game and get the dub on Sunday. Off so.
3: the bench on ESPN Honolulu,
0: Justin Fields. What are you doing? What are you doing? Can you attest to what he said, by the way, Hunter? No. Have you been to Green Bay, Wisconsin? I have. Okay. And And so Justin Fields is wrong. We drove through Green Bay
2: every summer uh, to get to Door County, Wisconsin. Okay. So Wisconsin, I'm holding up my iPhone. It kind of looks like this, but with like a finger coming off the top right corner. Yeah. That goes right. Between mm-hmm. Lake Michigan and a couple of the other Great Lakes up there, yeah, um, it's not an exceptionally beautiful part of the country, but the people are incredibly kind. They're very, very kind people, um, and they love their team, man. Now, e- even though I I don't necessarily agree with what he's saying, the one thing that I can say with full authority. We hate the Packers. Oh, of course. Hate them.
0: Yeah, th- that and,
2: makes sense. And they hate us. So in some ways, I actually read more into this with him kind of siding with the Bears fandom, which I don't know if you caught this, but at the end of last week's game, uh, whenever they beat uh, the Falcons, they were they were uh, chanting, we want fields, we want fields. hmm to me i think it's more of a siding with the bears fandom of hey i i hate green bay i want to be your quarterback that that that's the way that i it, it's kind of a jumping on board with that crazy fandom than necessarily taking a shot at green bay it's it's a it's an us kind of a move
0: there's a different way to do that
2: though right no i i, I didn't say
0: i would do that <laughs> okay but uh, you you hit something though that i need to follow up on since you've been or you've at least passed through Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. Uh, he says there's nothing to do there but watch football. So let me ask you, what else is there to do in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Besides drive through. Eat cheese. <laughs> Become a farmer.
2: He's technically not wrong. But again, I I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I would have said, man, it's a great stopping
0: place on route to Door County. That's I, what I would have said. <laughs> I think I can guarantee with, with all... All of my confidence, Um, Green Bay is winning on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I feel very good about that. Also,
2: the Bears don't really have much to play for.
0: They're eliminated. And they've got the number one uh, pick in the NFL draft thanks to uh, its trade with Carolina. And Green Bay has everything to play for. Yes. They still could technically make the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, And by the way, I I guess to your point on, on Justin Fields and the crowd chanting for him, uh, since there has been a lot of talk about what do you do with that number one pick? Do Marvin. You go in, Marvin Harrison? Marvin. Okay. I want Marvin. I want Maserati Marv. So you're, you're not buying into a quarterback at number one. You're willing to pay that much for a wide receiver at the number one pick. Absolutely, especially with a legacy like that.
2: You get Marvin, put him on the other side from DJ Moore. I. Mm. I I know there's the prestige of number one overall, and we I, I can't recall who the last receiver to go number one overall was, but I still don't feel like the Bears have done enough to build around Fields to give it a true try. He's a leader. He's tough. With with some of the prima donna stuff that's come out about Caleb Williams, I don't want that guy. Mm-hmm. No way. I definitely don't want Drake May. But let's say, I mean, you. I don't want, I don't want Daniels over Fields.
0: Okay, but let's say, okay, you you draft Harrison. Um, does that mean that you're doing your best to still build around that? Or, I mean, I, I would, I got to believe you'd have to do more, right? Well, don't they have the third pick as well? I think it's sixth, or it's it's somewhere else in the top. It's 10. Super high. Yeah, I, I thought they had one and three. I'm pretty sure it's higher because their record's not actually that bad. They're seven and nine.
2: Oh, okay. So th- that one was associated with their record. The, yeah. Their, uh, the, the, the next, the, the, the next pick for yeah. them. Um, okay. Well, if that's the case, grab the next available offensive lineman. Okay. Well,
0: that would, we'll have, that would make sense. We'll have
2: to have more, uh, talk with, uh, with our, our, our in-house draft expert, uh, Tanner Hayworth, whenever the time comes,
0: Tanner's resting his voice. Yeah. Um, you, you we've talked about there are games that have a lot of meaning and can kind of be swayed based on what we're seeing teams do. Uh, there are going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are not playing on Saturday or Sunday because they don't need to. Lamar Jackson, for example, the Baltimore Ravens have the number one seed. Lamar Jackson is sitting. They're playing Houston, and Houston needs to win. Um, Houston right now is the odd, the first odd team out. In the AFC with a nine and seven record, uh, Houston and Pittsburgh are still in the running. Uh, Indy, Buffalo, Cleveland right now are the uh, are the wild card teams. But I mean, a game like that where uh, the Ravens are are clearly a far better team uh, than Houston. But a game like that in which Baltimore's you know sitting who you know the player who will likely be. Uh, the MVP in the league. And actually I I say Texans Ravens are playing the Steelers. I I made that mistake twice this week already Steelers who are again, kind of like the Texans odd out nine and seven need a bunch of help. That's pretty significant. And the Steelers they've, they've guaranteed a winning season under Mike Tomlin again, when there has been kind of questions about Mike Tomlin's leadership they seem to have kind of figured a little bit out that that's, that's a, a game that the Steelers could very well easily win. In fact, the line Pittsburgh minus four mm. in Baltimore, it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of these teams sitting their best guys will impact the playoff race. Just like with, with something like that, that is so huge. And all of this talk about if Tomlin's going to
2: be moved after this season and it it's just so it, th- that that's another situation that the NFL just kind of makes me chuckle okay. to myself when I, I i understand the 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 hunger for a championship the the impatience of a of a fan base like, like the steelers but man the, you're you're on the brink you're still fighting you're right there. It's not like they're the Panthers this season, or it's it's not like they're the, the Patriots. That's probably a better comparison because they're the AFC. But Tomlin, yet again, has allowed a subpar team without a quarterback to find themselves on the brink of playoff contention in the last week of the season. Yeah. There's something to be said for that.
0: You know, there's... Um, there are other teams that are sitting quarterbacks and there are some that I actually kind of disagree with the idea of them sitting and and I, and I get it. Health is important. You know, I get Lamar Jackson sitting, um, you know, although you've got an extra week of rest, which sometimes can be kind of dangerous. Brock Purdy is going to be sitting. Sam Darnold's going to be starting for the San Francisco 49ers. They've got the number one seed. Let me give you one that I disagree with. Um, I don't like that. Kansas city is sitting Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, they, they are in, uh, they're 10 and six. They are at worst. I don't know if they're at, at worst, but right now they're the three. You've got Jacksonville behind them. Uh, you got Miami above them, but the Kansas city chiefs have to me, offensively looked plain. Um, you know, they, they barely got by Cincinnati. Who's been eliminated from the postseason. That was an eight point game. Uh, you know, the loss to the Raiders was stunning. Um, you know, and, and, and that was at home on Christmas day, you know, they're going to play in Wild Card weekend. We know that, but Patrick Mahomes would be someone I would absolutely be playing this weekend because I would, if, if I'm Andy Reed, I want to figure out my offense, Yes, not in practice, but in a game against a weak chargers team, that's the game where I, I want to use that to figure my stuff out. If I want to make a run to a title.
2: The Kansas city chiefs are one word right now. Beatable. Mm-hmm. Yes. Beatable. Yes. By anybody else in the AFC, Miami, I'm taking Miami, mm-hmm. Baltimore. I'm certainly taking Baltimore. It's probably a toss up with Cleveland. Flacco's playing out of his mind. Oh, by the way, he's, he's resting. Yeah, I understand that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: He's, he's 53 years old. <laughs> he's not, but it's close. Um, Flacco deserves some much needed rest. Um, also, I don't know if you saw the incentives that that guy got for those, those, those four wins was upwards of like 400 grand craziness, craziness Good for him. Um, Jacksonville. They might even find a way to beat Casey. If, oh, if they make, well, again, there, there's a three way tie in the AFC South which is, uh, between Jacksonville, in, Indiana and uh, in Houston. Mm-hmm. So, The Chiefs are not mighty this year.
0: Yeah, not at all.
2: They're without an identity. Let me
0: get. Let me. I'm sorry. Finish. Finish. I I was just gonna
2: say, every game that they find themselves
0: in is survival mode. Mm -hmm. Let me let me give you another quarterback sitting, whether he should be sitting or not. Um, I will give you Matthew Stafford in L. A. It's gonna be Carson Wentz starting for him. The Rams are in. Um there are wild cards. Wentz team. is back. Yeah, your your favorite <laughs> uh quarterback from North Dakota oh, uh, North Dakota State is going to be playing. You you like that? Or do you feel like uh he should he should be in one of Stafford's more week?
2: another guy. He's pretty old, man.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, so he needs the rest. Yeah. There's there's if they've already if they've already secured themselves a, a postseason game, there there's no reason to mess around if, if he goes down also, if you're, if you're going to sit him, you should also sit Cooper cup and you should probably also sit uh Puka Nakua. Yeah. Like why, what, why in a game that means nothing and you've got, the, the next week's game to look look forward to, to to me that that's a that's a no-brainer Well, cooper
0: cup's not gonna play
2: yeah uh, go. aaron
0: donald's not gonna play yep. uh kyron williams the running back's not gonna play sit them all so you're saying they should have rested nakua too uh, yeah <laughs> they're like uh oh, he's a rookie let him go out there yeah get his knicks in i mean he's to me he's the de facto offensive player of the year yep. I, I i would give him that he's he's still been great even with cooper cup uh Cooper Cup back, uh, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, there there are going to be a bunch of quarterbacks that you have not seen much of. Um, Mason Rudolph going for Pittsburgh in a key game. Uh, we mentioned Wentz. Uh, are the Cowboys sitting Dak? I believe the Cowboys are playing Dak. Mm. Uh, in, well, they've got the division on the line. Uh, okay. and, and that potentially makes a difference uh, whether you're going to be at home for wildcard weekend or you're going to be on the road. So that to me means something. Yeah, I mean,
2: you got to imagine that Philly's going to beat the Giants. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And you got to imagine that Dallas is going to beat Washington. Oh, Giants backup quarterback too, uh, Tyrod Taylor. (laughs) Who can play, by the way? He can. I I might take him over Danny Dimes.
0: Yeah. uh, Or or Danny Dimes. Danny Danny Cutlets. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The the other one. The other one. (laughs) The other one. Yeah. With the mob boss for his agent. Uh, That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's that's one I, I think I would if, if I'm Dallas, I, I got to sharpen my irons before I get in the postseason because there are still too many uh, too many questions about that team, uh, you know, and, and winning a division, I think, would be uh, really huge for them uh, teams in the NFC, by the way, that are that are still competing include Minnesota and Minnesota is going back to Nick Mullins. Uh, they have had how many different quarterbacks here? They they used a fifth round rookie last week, and it's Mullins who's going for uh, Minnesota seven and nine, still with a shot at a postseason spot at seven and nine. The NFC North is just craziness. Yeah, Green Bay is at eight and eight right now. They're in uh, Seattle, New Orleans, Minnesota, right behind them. And oh by the way, uh, the NFC South has a team at eight and eight. So uh, you will have a team with a winning record. Come out of the NFC South and win that division. You will not have like a 7 and 10 team or something like that. That's not happening, or an 8 and 9 team. You will have a 9 and 8 team uh, come out of the NFC South, whether it's Tampa Bay or it's New Orleans, uh, or I mean, yeah, I mean, one of those teams. That will probably be them. So, and by the way, Atlanta's still in it. Atlanta's 7 and 8 or 7 and 9. So they still have a chance at the postseason.
2: I, I, I hate to go back on you, but that's actually not true. Oh, really? Yeah, Tampa is playing the Panthers. They oh. could technically mm. lose to the Panthers. That's true. And New Orleans is playing the Falcons.
0: Oh. And the
2: Saints could lose to the Falcons. And you could, yet again,
0: oh.
2: have a team with a losing record oh. win that division.
0: Oh, that's, that's, I, that's I hate to that's poke that's holes true. in that's it. That's
2: very true. You, you've absolutely poked the correct hole there. But uh, Bri- Bryce Young could could go for a day <laughs> against Baker. Which it's probably not going to happen, but,
0: and I believe Baker's starting.
2: Yeah, so Baker uh, should I don't, be starting.
0: Yeah, yeah, they they shouldn't be resting him against two in fourteen Carolina with their owner being fined three hundred thousand dollars. Dude, that to get was over the nuts. Yeah, his apology was not an apology. By the way, um, basically said I should have let security handle it.
2: Well, th- security or not, what could the dude have said that isn't true? Your team stinks.
0: Well, what could the, we all know that look what, what what could the guy have said that Warren's having a drink thrown at him true or not if
2: there's ever a situation to be above something it would be that yeah you're a billionaire sports owner in, in a, a skybox. box yes don't pull a Mahomes's brother and <laughs> yeah. dump stuff on fans just come on
0: man it the Panthers are a joke. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play for them. By the way, uh, texter from the two nine two. No way would I play any of those QBs you mentioned, Mahomes and Stafford. I don't know. I don't know. Stafford, I get. Uh, they're they're playing somewhat well right now. Mahomes, I I don't know. I'm worried Kansas City's a one and done, and that that is why I would play Mahomes because right now. Kansas City-Buffalo would be the 3-6 if that's the way it shakes out. Of course, a Buffalo win over Miami would completely flip that around because Buffalo would then win a division. But Kansas City-Buffalo, I kind of like Buffalo right now. It would be in oh, Kansas yeah. City, but I, I love Buffalo potentially winning that game.
2: There's there's way more spirit behind Buffalo right now mm-hmm. than Kansas City. Kansas City does not look like they're having fun together.
0: Right. And Buffalo has won in Kansas City already, Yeah, you may recall. Uh, that's, again, even more motivation to play Patrick Mahomes. KC as a one-and-done,
2: I think, is a good take. Okay. Even with the NFL agenda to get Taylor Swift
0: on every (laughs) single game cast. No, you know what the NFL would probably want? They want Kansas City to go to the Super Bowl. You want to know why? Not only for the obvious reasons, but Nickelodeon has a Super Bowl broadcast, and you know that they would love nothing more than to put slime... You know, the fake stuff. The uh the the the, the slime on Taylor Swift. Yep. Because who else is gonna do that? That's what they want. Taylor Swift on Nickelodeon at a football game is great for the kids. What if they just rigged their skybox and they slime Mahomes' wife too? Oh, you would love that. Oh, I'd
2: love that. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't know it was coming. Yeah. Could Nickelodeon handle a Taylor Swift lawsuit? No, probably not. No, that might be the that might be the nail in the coffin
0: right there. There you go. Uh, hey, we got uh, tickets to men's volleyball. Or bad blood. <sighs> We've got tickets to men's volleyball coming up on Friday. Uh, Hawaii against the Ramblers of Loyola Chicago. Uh, we'll take caller number seven for this one at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Of course, Hawaii playing Loyola Chicago tonight. Uh, 7 o'clock, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. They'll round out the week on Sunday, 7 o'clock, Simplify Arena at Stan Sheriff Center. So dial in. Call number 7 at 808-296-1420. going to get those tickets to uh, Friday's rematch between the Ramblers and the Bows. And speaking of volleyball, uh, Charlie Wade's going to be a part of Call the Coach. It's presented by Paxa. It's Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m. at Ruby Tuesday in the Moana Lewis Shopping Center. You can enjoy some Ruby Tuesday specials, prize giveaways, and the latest on Hawaii Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. Uh, It's a Tuesday night on air right here and on site at Ruby Tuesday in Moanalua. We'll tell you who scores the tickets, plus give you a look at traffic right here on Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, coming up, we got uh, one more pair of tickets to uh, Rainbow Wahine Basketball, I believe it is, uh, coming up. Actually, is it is it basketball or is it volleyball? I think it's volleyball that we've got uh, coming up uh, a little bit later toward the end of the show. So stand by for that uh, here on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, uh, Hunter, got this via our uh, Zephyr Insurance text line before we get to your uh, favorite subject. And yeah, it is two pairs of volleyball, so we got one more volleyball a little bit later. Your favorite subject... Does Timmy hire ex-Hawaii coaches or go shopping for outsiders? For uh, I'm assuming this is the offensive coordinator job, the texter from the 497 is asking about. Ex-Hawaii hires. Ex-Hawaii coaches. Okay. Does he go for ex-Hawaii coaches, those who have been in the program before, or do you look for someone outside? I
2: can't think of any that have been in the program before that have left and then come back. Well, regardless, I mean... To your, I mean, we talked about this earlier. Outside of former players that are looking for an opportunity, whether we like it or not, for a lot of coaches, the Hawaii football coaching staff is just is a stepping stone position Mm -hmm. to wherever you're headed next in your coaching career. Right. Few view. Hawaii football as their end all destination. Yeah. So, as much as we'd like to think of other former coaches that have come through here, they're probably making much more money elsewhere.
0: Sports center and traffic right here. Uh, it's off the bench ESPN Honolulu. Final words coming up in a little bit, plus more uh, men's volleyball tickets. And, uh, Hunter, we keep getting asked about the offensive coordinator position. And a couple of names came up that, uh, I mean, hey, why not? Why why not have these names come up? But uh, I think we're going to be realistic about these names, too. Uh, That's on the way toward the back end of this radio program. Uh, Happy to have uh, joining us now Kihei Akina. Uh, He and his brother Keanu, I know you know Keanu very well. Um, They just had a uh, golf clinic out at Turtle Bay Golf Course uh, for all ages. And we'll talk a little bit about that clinic. Uh, But Kihei, who is uh, one of, if not the top uh, boys golfers in high school uh, across the country, had a decision to make today. And uh, you had a commitment that you made right after your clinic wrapped up. So Kihei... Uh, tell us where you're playing golf at by the time your uh, high school career's done.
4: How's it going, guys? First of all, thanks for having me on. Um, but, yeah, today I committed to BYU. I knew Buffalo, it. Utah, so.
2: <laughs> Following in his brother's footsteps. That's awesome, bro. So stoked for you.
4: Yeah, thank you, guys. Appreciate it.
0: How much was your brother uh, an impact in that decision? Uh, to be honest, he
4: was—he was he was pretty neutral, um, on all of the schools that I had. Um, he kept it very honest with me though. he, He was actually a really, really big impact on me. He helped me a lot through this. Um, just talking about different stuff, but, um, yeah, at the end of the day, I just felt most comfortable at BYU. So
0: what was what was that? I'm sorry, Hunter. What 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 were you most looking forward or, or looking for in uh, in choosing a school to play for? Um, a big thing for me was
4: going to a school that I can change the program. You know, another top school like I don't know, maybe an Arizona State or an Oklahoma State. I I'll go, and then chances are I'll just be another another guy because they have so many. Um, Guys going through really, really good guys that are on tour now. And, you know, BYU was just a spot that I can change the program a little bit. And that's something that was important to me. Um, but yeah, that, that was pretty important for me.
0: We're talking with uh, Kihei Akina, uh, who is uh, just announced. He's committed to BYU, one of the top high school boys golfers in the country. He joins us here on Off the Bench on ESP in Honolulu.
2: Bro, I I have to ask you, and uh, at, at this point, we want you to be as honest as possible. Who hits it further, you or your brother? Because I've played against your brother in Manoa Cup, and he can send that thing, man. Oh, my goodness. He, he can absolutely pummel a golf ball. But if you guys needed to, who's hitting it further?
4: Yeah, we actually get this question a lot. But if I had to be honest, he hits it. A little bit further. Uh-huh. I don't know. Probably, probably, probably like I would say on he's a club further than me, but on the driver, maybe 15 yards. Well, hey, hopefully, it, hopefully, trying to close the gap there. But as I get older, but.
2: With, with, with you playing, with you playing uh, your college golf for for BYU, that the ball does travel further in uh, in high altitude. So that uh, maybe you can get him on 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 a downhill downwind day, man. Maybe that's that's in yep. the future.
4: Yep, if I'm lucky.
0: Now, I mean, you're in Utah uh, playing uh, playing high school golf. I mean, you go to high school in in Utah, but you and your brother wanted to come back and and do a clinic here. You guys were out at Turtle Bay. Uh, where he had the clinic, then you made your announcement. Uh, you know what? What leads you guys to want to come back here and uh, still put on a clinic for uh, for some of the youngsters?
4: Well, we we grew up here on Turtle Bay. Um, we moved to Utah when I was about ten years old, and Turtle Bay is where we started playing golf. We had a, a condo on the first hole of the Fazio course, and he, my brother would come out here and he's and putt. Um, almost every day, and I would kind of follow in his footsteps. And uh, the pro over here, Larry Kyle, and some of the other guys, um, they were really, really kind to us. And without them, they, um, we probably wouldn't be here where we are today. And Pearl Bay kind of helped us out and kind of helped our golf careers get started. So we kind of just wanted to bring back the clinic to where it all started and give back to the kids there and show them that they can do anything no matter – where you're from, or what you have, and stuff like that.
2: that that's so cool, man. What well, What's your career low on the Fazio? <laughs>
1: uh,
4: well, the Fazio has been closed. I know. Number years, I, 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 I was
2: wondering if you got to play it before it closed down a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. I, I played a lot growing up, but to you be know, honest, I don't even remember because I was. Just... It was so low. Yeah. Let's just it, it was say, just so low, he can't remember. Let's just say <laughs> if it was
0: if it was open right now, his score would be really good.
2: Oh, dude. He would
0: well, tear I, that thing up right now.
4: Let's go to the, the,
2: the Palmer. Palmer yeah,
4: played,
2: the, Palmer's tough, though, when it's with, windy.
4: Yeah, I can't. Me and Keanu played with Tony now a couple of days ago. He was here before he went to Maui. Fun. And actually, I shot a last Woof.
2: Probably one of my best ones. Oh man, he's 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 swinging it pretty good. Sixty six. and I'm assuming from the tips for uh, for the yeah. Palmer is is uh, is playing some golf.
1: Yeah.
2: And Tony shot seventy one. So oh,
1: that's awesome. Red.
4: I, I yeah, think we'll, we'll, next
0: i think we'll be talking about a lot more golf- beyond b y u uh is what it sounds like but uh but take me through the clinic today yeah. uh you know how many how many uh, youngsters did you get to work with and i know the clinic um you know not just to work with the youngsters but there was you know you guys were supporting some some things as well right
4: yeah we had um we had some supporters like nike King and Eastside golf we all um Provided some gifts for all the kids, and yeah, it was great, great turnout. I thought a um, bunch of kids and a bunch of family it was, it was great for the support.
0: And you guys were supporting a couple of um, a, a couple of schools, right? Yep. Um, so Eastside Golf um,
4: also gave some some gear out for the Kahuku Golf Boys and Girls Golf Team, and. Yeah, we gave that to them today, and yeah, it was really cool to to kind of get back, especially to the the high school where where my brother was was at and where we grew up.
0: So that was great. We're talking to Kihei Akina. Uh, he's announced his commitment to uh, BYU to play college golf. Is it weird? Uh, I mean, you're you're still in high school. You got you got plenty more golf to play. Is it weird to you that you are helping host clinics? Uh when you're still so very young uh in in your career. I mean you're you're still in your teens. Is that does that kinda seem weird to you that you're in that position? Yeah, are they calling you uncle already, bro? (laughs) (laughs) No, I I wish I
2: was uncle, but
0: Oh, do you really? You might regret that later.
4: (laughs) (laughs) No, but that was that was my first time doing a clinic. Um uh it was a little bit weird. Uh a little bit, not really. I'd say it's more of a learning experience for me. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll be able to do more of these because they're they're a lot of fun, and I think they're they're really great to give back and to support.
2: What's what's uh, one of your favorite tips to someone who's just picking up the game? It could be technical with how they hold the club, swing it, uh, strategy, or maybe just an overall generic thing to get people more you know, stoked on the game of golf. What's like one of your go to tips?
4: Well, I would say short game. Hmm. On the short game. You know, you you can save multiple shots around, maybe you hit bad shot or a bad approach um, shot. Your short game can save you multiple times around and it can put some stress off your shoulders too. But so I think short game is a big thing.
0: For me, at
2: least.
1: Awesome,
0: uh, Kihei! Congratulations! Oh no, Hunter's got one more. I got okay. one more one question,
2: more. bro. Are we gonna have to worry about you at Manoa right. Cup again this year?
0: Oh, Lord. Oh, oh man. Sure. Oh man, I better get to the range. <laughs> uh, I just want to. I just want to note. Um, Hunter doesn't want me to say this, but Hunter was bounced out of Manoa Cup. And he in the knows first round. he played last year. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs>
2: He was there. We 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 know these things. Kihei, we're stoked for you man, stoked on the decision and uh couldn't be sto- uh, more stoked for you and your family man. Go go celebrate with them. Stoked for
0: you guys. All right. Guys, I appreciate you guys for having me on. So, thank you. All right, thanks uh Kihei Akina uh joining us here on ESPN <laughs> Honolulu. I I love how I mentioned that and Hunter just said, "Okay, we're ending the interview now. We're we're going to the finish. We're done." They they contended. Him
2: and his brother contended in the tournament last year. Uh-huh. Yeah. How so, how
0: far did they go? Uh I I
2: think Kihei made it to the final four. Okay. Yeah. They both can play. I, I mean, you got to be on your game whenever you play those guys. I mean, he just beat Tony. Yeah. He beat he beat a winner on the PGA tour from this last season.
0: Yeah, I, that's why I said I think we're gonna be talking about uh, uh, a professional golfer, uh, maybe a little farther than the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, um, that that's where his sights potentially are on. By the way, I'm excited for you. Um, you know, you're you're gonna be in your element here as the golf season uh, really gets into full swing. The mm. Century Tournament of Champions this weekend. It is one of those. Uh, uh, not exclusive events, but uh, it's it's one of those featured events on tour. I think one of the eight. So uh, I, I know you're going to be... Uh, one of the gonna, designated events. There you go. Yep. Uh, so you're going to be uh, watching a lot more golf here, uh, stuck in front of your TV or your phone here pretty soon. Oh, big time.
2: Uh, Century is... Uh Kind of one of those, uh, I wouldn't quite put it up with Sawgrass or Waste Management, but it, it is a special one because not everybody gets invited to it. You have to have won last year. Mm-hmm. And everybody that does get uh, to play in it earns a check. So everybody wants to play at Century because it means you you will have won the, the previous season. So yeah. a lot of memories on that course, too. Um, it's an iconic venue. And I I think this is another opportunity, uh, much like what we saw with, like, the Maui Invitational and some of the holiday tournaments paying uh, respect and homage to um, uh, the the, the victims in um, um, Lahaina. I'm curious to see what the golf community does to kind of uh, do something similar because – this is being held over on Maui. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, final words coming up in a little bit, but we've got uh one more pair of tickets to give away for uh, men's volleyball Friday night, Hawaii and uh, Loyola Chicago uh, at simplify arena at Stan sheriff center. Those two teams will be playing tonight to open up the year. And then again on Friday. And by the way, the AVCA top 20 came out again today or came out again, came out today to open up the year. Hawaii at number three, Loyola Chicago, number 10. So right out of the gate, two top 10 teams, uh, to open the season, so uh, we'll take uh, we'll we'll take the second caller here at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Caller number two is going to check out Hawaii and Loyola Chicago on Friday night in Manoa. Final words coming up after traffic. You're listening to Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Alright, coming up, it is uh, game night here on ESPN Honolulu, followed by Rainbow Warrior Volleyball, the season opener as Hawaii takes on Loyola Chicago. Uh, You'll hear that in, uh, T-minus 56 minutes, give or take a few, uh, right here on ESPN Honolulu. Final words in a moment. First, uh, congratulations to Peter in Mililani. Uh, He'll be checking out Rainbow Warrior Volleyball on Friday, uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, Our Zephyr insurance text line Hunter at 808-296-1420 has kept a little bit of the focus on uh, men's volleyball, uh, men's football, men's football, on (laughs) football. I'm sorry, there's there's a lot of sports going on here. Um, Because the offensive coordinator's position is such a highly talked about position here, a couple of names that have come up, and I'll throw one at you first here from the uh, 347. Do you guys think Stutz will be a candidate for the OC position? Um, I'll start here i I think he's a very popular name, but he's doing such a great job at Texas State. I believe Craig Stutzman is a um is a power five assistant eventually coordinator i I think he's that much on the rise um if he were to be interested in Hawaii, Hawaii would have to pay him quite a bit mm-hmm. i don't I don't think he's at the position in his coaching career where he could just come here for a discount. Uh he is he is moving up the boards as a really good offensive coach. So could he be a candidate? I think he's only a candidate if he makes it known that he'd be willing to come back. Um other than that, I I don't I personally don't see it happening. Yeah. To go from Hawaii to Washington
2: State and then a couple other stops and then now doing really well. Texas state had a really good year mm-hmm. this year, really, really good year. Um, and I, I'm sure Texas state is able to pay their assistance considerably more than what Hawaii is able to. I, I, I don't want to speak for my former coach, but I could only imagine it would only make sense to come back to Hawaii.
0: If you were going for the head coaching job, Craig Stutzman, by the way, according to uh, USA today has football assistant salaries. Craig Stutzman, well, we know what happened at Washington State, the nope. whole COVID thing. He was making almost half a million dollars as uh, as an assistant. He's making 150 at Texas State. I cannot imagine Hawaii is paying someone who's not a coordinator $150,000. I, I can't imagine that. Um, so just keep if that he, in mind.
2: Yeah, and well, he would come back as a coordinator.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would um, they, but would they could they pay him you're saying who's not a head coach um, that much Well money. that too I mean I don't I don't know Is Hawaii paying a, a, a coordinator150,000 hmm. I' I'm, I'm, I'd be curious about that because we don't ever get um, we don't ever see that right All we see usually is what the head coach makes. Um, in fact, I was going through salaries just a moment ago because USA Today has a running list of assistant coach salaries and head coach salaries. And I was looking back to see, you know, Craig Stutzman's ones and his aren't there from uh, from his time in Hawaii. In fact, if I were to look at right now and I have it in front of me, um, the coaches for Hawaii that are assistant coaches, uh, their salaries are not listed. But it lists the head coach's pay, uh, but it doesn't list the assistant's pay. So hmm. uh, I don't know. I I I don't know that it's possible given how well he's doing but it's it's a it's a good thought to think of. Uh one more. Dino Babers, Texter from the 208 says Dino Babers should get a call of course, former Syracuse head coach. Mm-hmm. Um what are your thoughts on that? Potentially, I I think there there could
2: be some some others that we're not even thinking of mm-hmm. right now. Uh the, the the real question to me is although the position for offensive coordinator is out there i'm curious to see if timmy wants to let go of the responsibility of calling plays mm-hmm. i i wonder if he is is looking for more of uh, an assistant role because if you do bring in a reputable offensive coordinator then you also are letting go of some of those those responsibilities um, and some of that control. And I'm, I'm not saying that he, he's a control uh, kind of a coach or yeah. anything like that. Um, that just goes hand in hand with that caliber of, of a position on your offensive staff.
0: Dino was fired a month ago by Syracuse. Um, he has not been an OC since the 2001-2002 season at Texas A&M. He's either been a head coach at Eastern Illinois or Bowling Green or Syracuse, or he has been a positions coach, uh, whether it's wide receivers, running backs. I think he's even coached special teams. But he has not been an offensive coordinator in over 20 years. Um, could a job like this change that? I don't know. He's in his 60s. Is, that's also something uh, to, to note. Uh, does he want to come back here? He played at the University of Hawaii. so I, I don't know mm-hmm. I, th- I think there are some some layers to that, but I think there here's the other one. A former collegiate football head coach working under someone who's only been two years in, That's right. that's a that's a, a dynamic that frankly would be kind of weird, wouldn't it? How many coaches, and I'm not I don't know the answer to this. how many coaches can handle that? can can have their ego be able to say, I can work under someone who is less experienced than me. Hmm. That's um, that's really hard.
2: That's that's where, yes, it's, it's a job, but is
0: it a job in the wrong direction? Mm-hmm. That too. Uh, ESV in Honolulu brought to you by H Camp, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, helping parents, students, and coaches learn about the potential uh, symptoms and signs of a concussion. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. Final words, Hunter Hughes, you're up. Uh I've got a question for my final words,
2: oh, okay. as we wrap up the holiday season, what was your favorite holiday food? It could have been a meal, it could have been a big one. it could have been a snack. does it have
0: to be christmas?
2: no so uh, it could did, be new year uh yeah absolutely i'm I'm thinking from like today all the way back till like. December
0: fifteenth. So we have a, a, a tradition we've been kind of doing at home uh the last few years. We do sushi on New Year's. Oh fun. So um we got a bunch of sushi from uh from Kozo nice. over on, on Kapahulu. <sighs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh so that's that is my favorite. We've done I mean we did um uh we, we did Hawaiian food. We had La la on Christmas. Oh sick. But I'll, I'll take the sushi on New Year's. You? Oh yeah. Uh I'm actually going with something I had on New Year's Day as
2: well. Okay. And it was buffalo chicken dip. Oh, okay. My, my friend brought it to our little uh, college football watch party thing mm-hmm. that we were doing. I about took down the whole platter. <laughs> I couldn't stop. It was so good.
0: Wow. Yeah. Buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I got to see if I uh, can make that at home. I don't know if it'd be as good. but It, it, it was a problem. Comment withheld on uh, on part of that line. Uh, we'll see. We got an hour tomorrow before men's basketball, so uh, we'll see you then. Game night is coming up next on ESPN Honolulu.